Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. <laughs> <laughs> Move, bitch, you got coronavirus. Sir, sanctions clearly have not been enough to deter Vladimir Putin to this point. What is going to stop him? How and when does this end? No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. Listen to me, baby, that's all you gotta do. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. The purpose of the sanctions is to try to deter Russia from going to war. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. They're meant to prevent and deter a large-scale invasion. This is going to get bloody. Donald Trump is going to be responsible for a lot of it. I mean, he extorted this country with the anti-tank missiles. They need now to defend themselves. You are fake news. Let's go, Brandon. Very fake. Honk honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler. <laughs> you serious? You're a stupid son of a bitch. Jeez. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And also, welcome to World War III, brought to you by Applebee's. Mention Ukraine Solidarity with your bill and receive 10% off. I know. Yikes. It, it is upon us. Uh, Russia, Russia has finally invaded Ukraine after weeks of speculation. Now, I will fully admit that I was wrong, and I'm completely surprised by what we're watching. But how much is legit and how much is propagandizing? We're going to try to separate that as best as we can. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think we can be watching uh, a legitimate international military conflict that is also being used opportunistically by people who would like to have us distracted by the shiny car keys and not paying attention to some other things yeah. that may be going on. So we'll get to that. Plus, uh, Biden's black chick pick is in. Come on down. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. I have to be careful in saying her name because even Jen Psaki misspelled her name in promoting her, showing you how much vetting they actually did for <laughs> Katanji Brown Jackson. Uh, she has been selected to make Supreme Court history based solely on account of her race and gender. What a moment uh, in affirmative action history. We will uh, go through what to expect from the upcoming confirmation hearings for Miss Brown Jackson and Justin Trudeau has canceled the Canadian emergency. Uh, but those mischief makers, or at least the main mischief maker remains in jail as of this recording. 
and the CDC revises mask guidance yet again for completely unscientific reasons. Well, a new report says they've been hiding vaccine data that they don't like for months and possibly uh, over a year now. So uh, all, <laughs> it's, it's for the science. We hide the data for the science. Don't you understand? Uh, plus, before we get out of here, we have a hoax hate double feature. And tonight's movie review is The Fifth Element, which I am excited to discuss. Uh, notably because it is another movie from whom our guy Luke Basson of Leon the Professional fame. But I will wait a second. Really? You didn't know that? I did not know that. Well, we'll have to discuss at the end of the stream. Stick around for that. I didn't I'm see any kids the, getting raped, so I had no tip off. <laughs> the haircut of the main actor, actress lady was not uh, the tip off. It's the same one as Matilda <laughs> from uh, from Leon. That's true. Yeah. Of course, we will catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. We will get to as many of your chats as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. The show store is up and running as well. We have T-shirts, we have hats, we have mugs, we have it all over on the website. Plus, we have great offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance-free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap to your door each month so you never have to remember soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offer, uh, offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. That's promo code MCLISTENER. For 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company, you can find everything you need from Hero Soap plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Charity Swipes, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more at MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. Well, we have uh, <laughs> several updates in all sorts of different legal matters. What What's so funny? Just what a fucked up week. What a ah. fucked up week this was. I was just I was just watching Beef and Fry. It's like I can't believe any of this is happening. I can't make sense of any of it. We'll yeah. talk about it. We're not even to Ukraine yet. We have I to know. get through all sorts of fucked up legal matters. Now, the first of which might not actually be. Um, well, this is uh, this has hope for an opt uh, an optimistic or a positive outcome. Although, if you listen to the experts, they say not. But early in the week, Kyle Rittenhouse announced, "Yeah, I'm going after all the people who defamed me," and uh, he said, "What." Yeah, he was on Tucker on um, Monday, I think, and he announced that he's launching this media accountability project. It's crowdfunded. I'm, we might have it linked below. Um, and he plans uh, to fundraise to hold all of these people accountable that slandered him, particularly people that slandered him post acquittal. So it looks mm -hmm. like Whoopi is really going to get it. Yeah, he names he names uh, Whoopi specifically. And then he also names Sank, 
as he calls him Sank. at the Young yeah. Turks. We'll go with Sank. That's all right. Here's what Kyle had to say. You have a lot of potential targets to sue yourself. Will you be suing any of these news organizations? And if so, when? Right now, we're looking at quite a few uh, politicians, celebrities, athletes. Whoopi Goldberg's on the list. She called me a murderer <laughs> what, what after athlete? I was acquitted by a jury of my peers. Don't forget about Sank from the Young Turks. He called me a murderer before verdict and continues to call me a murderer. Yeah, that athlete being uh, LeBron is uh, confirmed, right? Yep. Um, good for him. You know, this is what needs to happen. There needs to be some kind of media accountability. I understand that people think it's going to be a difficult road, but I mean, they were slanderous post acquittal. Now, see, I can confirm he is, in fact, going to be victorious in court. How do I know? Because the experts have said the experts have declared he has close to zero chance of winning. According yeah, to I mean, I understand <laughs> that they're saying this, but, but this, yeah. there is a precedent here. With no, it, it it is. Well, there's. There's precedent to be successful. He got a settlement. There's also a reality that defamation suits are difficult to win, particularly if Kyle Rittenhouse is considered a public figure. Um, But according to this Kenosha News analysis, uh, the claims made by his critics are reasonable interpretations of available facts. Even the Whoopi Goldberg one where she called him a murderer after he was acquitted on charges of murder. But uh, these experts in this piece point to the fact that Rittenhouse is now a public figure, which I'm a little unclear about and I find it ironic. The reason he is a public figure in large part is because of people defaming him. Yeah. He wasn't a public figure before all of this. He was just he was just a guy. And um, and but they are right that if he's determined to be a public figure, there is a different standard for defamation under the First Amendment. His team would have to prove actual malice, Mm -hmm. as in the people who defamed me knew the truth they didn't uh care to say to to deliver the truth and they just smeared me anyway because they were acting maliciously yeah um so but I, I find this analysis a little bit uh i don't know I, I'm, I'm not completely sold on it we'll have to see what happens in the particular courtroom but as i mentioned in many of these cases in the early uh defamations defamations made against him he was not yet a public figure he was a guy right he was unknown until these events and in the case of Whoopi and potentially some others, the statements were made after after the acquittal, after the facts were established. Now, you probably yeah. won't find a statement of, of Whoopi saying, yes, I know that I'm lying, but here I am lying about Kyle. He's a murderer. You're not going to find evidence that direct. But circumstantially, it was one of the most widely published pieces of news at the time. And she's in the business of talking about the news, including right. this story on her show. I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. I just don't buy this expert say zero chance, especially right after the the Sandman uh, success, at least in terms of securing a settlement, if not actually winning in court. Um, but and, and I will say, too, yeah, I'm, I want to maintain free speech as widely as possible. I think that the standards for defamation are appropriately narrow. And if Kyle and his team are able to satisfy those standards in court, I think that's great. I don't yeah. think that you are are harming First Amendment principles if he satisfies those narrow standards and shows that these people damaged me because they had ill will and, and mm-hmm. disregard for the facts. They didn't care about them. They just wanted to get me. Yeah. If, he can, if he can do that, great. Good for him. Uh, do you see what happened to the other George Floyd cops? Yeah, federal hate crimes, whatever the fuck that means. Well, they didn't, they didn't uh, get hate crimes. They... Um, that was the McMike of the Ahmaud Arbery guys who we'll get to in a second. But they got civil rights violations, I guess, something similar. But uh, 
But on Thursday, all three of the other police officers involved in the George Floyd case, not Derek Chauvin, obviously, but Tuo Tao, J. Alexander King and Thomas Lane were convicted of depriving George Floyd of his civil rights, which in this case, I guess, is medical care. Uh, no posthumous conviction for George Floyd for denying his own uh, right to breathe right. by his own drug overdose. I, I, <laughs> at least I didn't see news of that. Um, but get this conviction of a federal civil rights violation that results in death, which is what they're saying this is, is punishable by life in prison or even death. Though those sentences are rare, a sentencing date has not yet been set. And all, what about all three having to subdue somebody? He was a six foot four black guy on drugs, acting erratically and violently, and they needed to subdue him. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what what the jury would have them do otherwise. They even went after them for like the guy who was doing crowd control. He was the Asian guy. Uh, his name is Tuo Tao. He was doing crowd control and they got him for. You know, assistance, basically, even though he I don't think he even touched George Floyd. He just didn't do enough to provide medical assistance. And uh, I guess denying or, or, or controlling the crowd was a form of denial of that right somehow. Was this civil rights violation even on your radar? I knew they were going to federal trial, but. I I <laughs> I shouldn't be I after the conviction of Derek Chauvin, I'm just not going to be surprised crazy. by anything in this case anymore, no matter how silly. But all three now face um, trial in June on state charges that they aided and abetted the murder and manslaughter that Derek Chauvin is convicted of. Now, again, the big issue here is not whether these cops acted rightly or wrongly. You might think they acted terribly and you might think they are responsible for George Floyd's death. The question here is, is should we have this level of federal intrusion on made up nonsense whenever the feds want an insurance policy on a conviction? Because I was talking to a lawyer friend about why they do these things in the McMichael case that we'll get to in a minute. If you already got them convicted, these guys aren't convicted yet, but the McMichaels are. Why do you go after them on federal charges, too? The idea is, well, even if they were let off on state charges, let's say they get pardoned. Let's say they somehow get cleared of those of those state charges. Well, then the feds still have their way with them. Yeah. And we like to dress this up in civil rights and equal rights and you know, racial justice, but it's really just the feds overriding what is clearly the domain of the states to police. Yeah. Constitutionally. Yeah. But we, we allow this to happen and they're, they're doing it again. Um, or they did it again in the case, in the Ahmaud Arbery case. So the feds have done something very similar to um, the McMichaels, the father and son and their friend, Roddy Bryan. Of course, these three men were already convicted of, of murdering Ahmaud Arbery. Uh, and now all three are convicted of federal hate crimes. This happening on Tuesday. Several witnesses testified that these men, you, you'll love this. Uh, there's, you'd think they said, hey, you N-word, Ahmad Arbery, I'm going to get you because you're an N-word and we don't like them around here. They had no suspicion to pursue. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about this case. I, I don't think that they handled themselves correctly as a matter of law. But did they have any form of suspicion beyond his race? Yes, they did. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had uh, plenty of suspicion of this guy. In fact, he's on video doing the totally normal thing of just uh, walking around construction sites. And, uh, you know, you're very thirsty on your jog and all that. Um, but okay, our audience, so really, uh, there was some, uh, some discord in our audience. I know. About that. All you guys who jog and go into construction sites just to check it out. You guys are weirdos. I don't care what you say. 
I, I will say, though, that white people probably have more of a legitimate interest in construction and architecture than black people. So <laughs> maybe there is a racial element here. I'm going to disavow a statement that broad. <laughs> I'm just saying there's plenty of reason to be suspicious of them. All, <laughs> all right. I'll grant, I'll, I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that. But. Um, OK, so what, what's the evidence against the McMichaels and, and Roddy Bryan? Uh, former co-worker said Travis McMichael called her a slur. So it's just Travis McMichael called me an N-word one time in 2019. OK, how about uh, the father, Greg McMichael? Well, they had a neighbor who was a large black woman and did not pay her rent, her rent very well. Their name for her was the walrus. And apparently Greg McMichael went on an angry racist rant about this woman. Again, not Ahmaud Arbery, mm. someone completely different. Uh, years prior, apparently. And Roddy Bryan uh, was known to text people using, in some instances, the N-word and in some instances, the word bootlip, which is apparently a slur for black people. Are you aware of that one? I've never heard that one. I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with all racial slurs. I've never heard that. I've not heard bootlip, but that is what, what the federal the jury in this federal case bought. And so they didn't even demonstrate there were uh, there was racism against Arbery. Now, to be completely comprehensive, there was an accusation from Roddy oh. Bryan against <laughs> Travis McMichael that he had said the N word after the shooting of Arbery. But that was, I, I don't know. I guess they did decided they didn't want to testify against each other or something like that. That was not evidence that was introduced in this case. And they still said it was a, it was a race issue, but again, you know, get past whether you think Ahmad Arbery was treated correctly, get past whether you think they're racist or not. Do we really want to say that if the feds think you're racist, they get to override the state and hammer you with a whole bunch of made up charges and call yeah. it whatever they want because they don't like who you are or what you think. This is extremely dangerous stuff. And we are oh, surrendering, totally surrendering the what is the domain of the states to the federal government because they were racist. So we got to get them. Yeah. OK. Yep. Well, this is a horrible precedent. Uh, I, I, I hope they don't come for you under the same uh, the same game plan, but you're enabling it. It oh, is and- because the lip of a boot meets the top of the boot in the shape of a person, a black person's giant lips. That's why. I see. Thank you for thank you for clarifying. I'm here to bring the real news to you guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, meanwhile, Merrick Garland took the podium after this uh, McMichael, uh, after the the hate crime conviction of the McMichaels and the um, and their friend Roddy Bryan, and said, "We got implicitly, we got those white supremacists." A jury of the defendant's peers unanimously found beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendants acted because Mr. Arbery was black. Upon its founding after the Civil War during Reconstruction, the Justice Department was tasked with bringing to justice those who used terror and violence to prevent black Americans from exercising their civil rights. The white supremacists who carried out those acts assumed that they could operate outside the bounds of the law. Modern federal hate crime laws have enhanced the Justice Department's authority to prosecute violent acts motivated by bias. Hmm. Okay, so we don't necessarily have direct evidence in this case, but they are at least white supremacist adjacent and the, the DOJ is fulfilling its post-Civil War mission of rounding up the white supremacists. In uh, one last piece of um, of news related to a topic we've been discussing for a few weeks now, uh, we mentioned last week that uh, Matt Hutchins, the husband of the late Helena Hutchins, whom Alec Baldwin did not shoot when he was holding in cocking that revolver aimed 
at her that somehow magically went off. Matt Hunch- Hutchins, of course, now has that new wrongful death lawsuit against Alec Baldwin and the Rust movie producers. Matt Hutchins appeared for an in-depth interview this week with NBC. And as I mentioned last week, it sounded to me early on like he had a good relationship with Alec Baldwin. The filing of the lawsuit demonstrated otherwise, but this interview confirms it. Matt Hutchins uh, sees all the same Alec Baldwin bullshit that the rest of us do. Just so angry to see him talk about her death so publicly and then to not accept any responsibility after having just described killing her. He said essentially he felt grief but no guilt. Almost sounds like he was the victim. And hearing him blame Helena in the interview and and shift responsibility to others and, and seeing him cry about it, I just feel like, are we really supposed to feel bad about you, Mr. Baldwin? So do you think that the, the majority of the blame lays on Alec Baldwin? The idea that the person holding the gun causing it to discharge is not responsible is absurd to me. Every individual who touches a firearm has a responsibility for gun safety. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no major updates this week in either the criminal investigation still ongoing by the Santa Fe County Sheriff and DA or the multiple pending civil suits, including this one against Alec Baldwin and the movie producers. Alec Baldwin has not issued a formal response to Hutchins, either this interview or the lawsuit, but he did tweet cryptically about how in Buddhism, known Buddhist scholar Alec Baldwin, uh, being truthful goes beyond simply not telling lies. It means using speech to benefit others. Yeah, Matt Hutchins, you should have used your speech to benefit others like Alec Baldwin after he shot your wife. Does he think that he's influencing anybody on his social media platforms? Or is this just catharsis for him? I have no idea. I mean, uh, seriously speaking, I could understand the horror of the situation and coming to terms with what you've done and how that might mess with your mind. Absolutely. I'm not sure that this is the way I would expect to handle it by a denial of all responsibility and like Buddhism references. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. Is this a new crazy Alec Baldwin or crazier, I should say? Or is this just uh, the same guy we's, we've always known just grasping for straws repeatedly? I think he's always been like this. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, let's get to the news of the weekend. Uh, that being, of course, the uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And um, first things first, I will fully acknowledge I was wrong in all of my predictions about Ukraine. Maybe uh, not, I, though. This might not be some World War Three event. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess like, well, I, I saw this hyped as being a distraction. Um, and in all honesty, it probably is, um, or at least pieces of it are. But what I mean when I say I was wrong is I didn't see the this level of military conflicts coming. Right. I didn't see missiles and tanks and 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 these street fights. Uh, I thought Putin was just going to bluff and um and and try to get some Western concessions and move along. Uh, clearly, what is happening is well beyond that. So that's why I always tell you not to. Uh, <laughs> you should you should believe my foreign policy predictions. Maybe after Joe Biden's. That's how bad my foreign policy predictions are. I don't know if they're quite that bad, but they rank somewhere near that. Um, and secondly, I have no excuse because the correct prediction was just hanging out there and I never picked it up. Of course, Alex Jones was right in a clip recirculating from October. Alex Jones correctly predicted major war coming in February. We're looking at a giant war in February right now. Currently, that's the projections with the top people on the earth who claim 
they're not with uh, the New World Order Combine, is war in February. And th this is the type of time, like right before World War One, right before World War Two, when everything kicks off. And I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but currently, that is the trajectory we're on. And there is a consensus on that. Okay, so I've learned my lesson. Well, he said a lot <laughs> of things that ended up being true. He still controlled opposition, probably. Ah, okay. Well, I don't know. If I if I believe Alex Jones' predictions, I'd probably be more right than than I am in my own predictions. So maybe that's a new rule to adopt. But um, what? Uh, I'm I'm still having trouble determining what we're actually watching here. That is to say, how much of it is meaningful international conflict? And I believe there's plenty. Don't get me wrong. But how much of it is actually propaganda and programming? I also believe there's plenty of that. And we know this because the propagandizing is happening from our own media. I'm not even saying propagandizing from the Russian government or the Ukrainian government. I'm talking about the propagandizing of U.S. media. Exactly. Yeah. On what we think. Uh, CBS News had probably the ratio of the week this week saying, oh, hey, all those problems that we face, gas prices, inflation, supply chain issues, that's happening because of the Ukraine crisis. Just so you know, oh, well, now we have a scapegoat. That's great. Right. That meddling Putin is at it again. And, you know, that that meddling Putin is at some things. Don't get me wrong. It's just are we supposed to believe that everything that's wrong in the United States right now is a product of that meddling Putin? NBC puts this out this week. Uh, President Putin is using false a false Nazi narrative to justify his attack on Ukraine. Experts say, oh, so you mean not all accusations of Nazism are real. Sometimes they're just political tools, you say. Well, thank you. <laughs> tell me more. I'd like to hear the analysis. Yeah, really. And just a few other things, too. And you know, tell me what you think about these things. I know I will always mock the timing argument. Yeah, because. Yeah. The timing applies to every tinfoil you could ever create. But, you know, uh, ridicule me. Think of the timing here, because we sat back in what January, February of 2020 saying, OK, the uh, the the Ukrainian impeachment thing is over. What's coming next? Boom. Coronavirus. Here we sit two years later, February 2022. What's the next thing? Oh, now it's war in Ukraine. I'm just saying that as coronavirus is no longer a viable programming method people are over that shit um this is kind of the new thing this is the everybody has to change their flag to a ukrainian flag everybody has to get in line everybody has to accept the programming and i'm not even saying that stuff is wrong or that there clearly i think there are ukrainian civilian victims of what's going on here if i can't say anything kind about what is a corrupt government there it's not to deny any of that it's just after the years of lies from all of these people, anytime they just expect me to have a certain view of something, I'm extremely skeptical, even if that view is correct. And that's why I'm struggling with this one. And speaking of the Ukrainian government's corruption, are we just supposed to ignore the interests served here? Yeah, of course not. You can never ignore the interests served. We know that the Ukrainian government has been corrupt with many U.S. politicians, notably the family of the president of the United States. And now we have a situation where uh, surely part of the solution will be a bucket of money going yeah. to what has been a corrupt yeah. government in Ukraine. Now that might be happenstance. They might be genuinely victimized and we're helping them. And it has nothing to do with corrupt relationships in the past, but it's a lot of things that are hard to hard to look past. And it doesn't mean that the simple answer is, is wrong. The simple answer being that Russia is the aggressor and 
they're simply Russia's simply looking for territory and looking for power. And that's wrong. It doesn't mean that, there, that there's no legitimacy to that. I, I, I just I just maybe I'm too jaded. Am I too skeptical that even when something is objectively right and wrong, as I think it's wrong for for Putin and Russia to invade sovereign territory like this? Am I too jaded to just accept what should be, I guess, an obvious truth because it's coming from people who I just flat out don't believe? No, of course not. I mean, uh, we also have to consider that it's possible that Putin has some uh, legitimate gripes with Ukraine and that he doesn't want to share a border with a nuclear armed country that's in the pocket of the West. Mm. Um, And that's, you know, doing some corrupt things and this government is deeply corrupted. Uh, That being said, you know, I think the six richest oligarchs in Russia have half the nation's wealth or something. It's, in terms of wealth inequality, Russia's totally fucked. So it's not like we can trust Russia either. But uh, no, I don't like... No, and I certainly like, wouldn't advocate it. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't like this. And I, I don't really know what to believe here. All I know is that what I'm being told is a lie. And I'm willing to, um, I'm willing to listen to alternative viewpoints on this one. Well, let's catch up with what the uh, the stats of the weekend are or at least what the damage of the fighting um this all kind of started late wednesday night u.s time i got this from but, mainstream media sources so who fucking knows this might well, i thought this BS was from too. the i thought these are from military sources aren't these numbers yeah reported through mainstream media i guess yeah but who cares if you know i'm getting this from ukraine and from you know i have no idea if any of this is true but anyway Pentagon officials told reporters on Sunday morning that Russia has now committed two thirds of its mass forces to the fight inside Ukraine and has fired over 320 missiles, but still does not hold a major population center. That doesn't seem feasible to me. I think I just heard Viva or um, Barnes say, like, if this is an invasion, this is the least invasion-y invasion I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I suppose like, the counter would be that uh, you know, Russia and Ukraine are closely tied culturally, ethnically, and that they want to do this as easily as possible with as minimal Yeah, but he clearly doesn't want to kill people in mass, which is what I'm being yeah. told. Well, that's um, his accusation, Putin's accusation against the Ukrainians, that they have committed or are committing a genocide against ethnic Russians in Ukraine. That's what he's saying. Um, the invasion supposedly caused at least 352 civilian casualties and with another uh, 1,684 people injured. And this is from Ukraine's Ministry of Interior and today. Okay. So that's pretty low in terms of civilian casualty and a full-blown invasion, don't you think? Well, can the, be, the counter there would be we're under the fog of war, too. I mean, who 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 knows? If you've got... A lot of explosives, if you've got uh, gunfire in the streets, if you've got, as we'll get to, you got the ghost of Kiev shooting down planes everywhere. You got the tank driver running over people. I'm just saying there's a lot of it's messy right now. So it's possible the numbers it's not just possible. These numbers are almost assuredly bullshit, not even maliciously. So it's just impossible to account. I bet I'm not saying that nobody was killed. I'm saying that nothing that I'm being told can be trusted. So I don't really have any information to report to that's meaningful. That's all I'm saying. We're just we're going with the information that people are saying um, that. And, but the pr- tr- trouble is, even if you don't believe the the, the media spokespeople, um, they're also speaking generally in this case on behalf of a Ukrainian defense minister who obviously has a dog in the fight, too. So does Russia. Yeah. It's not even a knock on them, but they are going to present information in a way that's favorable to their side. That's really their job. Right. And wouldn't you want to inflate casualties in that situation? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe if you as a as a method of uh, 
manipulating other world forces to get involved. Of course you'd want to. Yeah, to make your strongest case against Russia. And I'm not saying they have no case. I think it's wrong to invade a sovereign territory like this. But um, but if if he's lying, then why wouldn't he lie uh, in much in a much greater magnitude? You got to keep it believable, man. That's what I'm thinking here. Maybe nobody was killed. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ukraine's defense ministry said all of Kharkiv, which is Ukraine's second largest city, uh, lies in the eastern border with Russia, on its eastern border with Russia, has endured some of the heaviest fighting, and it's back now under Ukrainian control. And who knows if that's true? And then Zelensky announced on Telegram following a conversation with um, Lukashenko that Russia and Ukraine had agreed to hold peace talks with no preconditions on the Ukrainian Belarusian border. So it remains to be seen what happens there. But, you know, if there's a diplomatic solution to be had here and um, and this is how this this mild invasion is how Putin has to get it, get it done, then I'm not really sure if I have that much of an ethical problem with it. Uh, I mean, I do. I do. I, I don't I'm not going to say, oh, well, you solved it diplomatically, so it was OK to just invade a sovereign space like that. But but do you think um, he has no reason to be upset? Do you think that? That he feels like his territory and his people are being threatened by Ukrainian forces. Yeah, but I also feel like we felt like uh, we were threatened by Iraq, and I think that was a mistake. You know, I mean, you can that's true. You can have what you believe to be good reasons and still be wrong. Now that said, am I the foremost scholar on Russia's purported reasons for this move? Of course not. Just as a general rule, based on my understanding right now, and based on matters of principle, I don't think that you're justified in doing this sort of. Um, and this sort of unwanted aggression, this invasion of sovereign territory. But mm. anyway, um, there are a couple other reports uh, breaking within just the last few hours. So I don't even know what to make of this because the the Kiev mayor said our city is totally encircled and we're, we're completely blocked out. We can't even evacuate civilians because every way out of town is blocked by Russians. And then the AP wasn't able to. Con- he, it was an interview with the AP. The AP wasn't able to confirm that claim. And then later he backed away from it saying in the evening, Russian internet publications spread information with reference to me that Kiev is allegedly surrounded and evacuation of people is impossible. Do not believe the lies trust information only from official sources. So this is the mayor of your official sources. Yeah. Saying like uh, either he lied or the people quoting him in the media lied, but that's apparently not true that Kiev is encircled, though that has been reported in the last few hours. Maybe it's partially. I'm sure there are some sort of blocks or checkpoints, but people are still getting out, I guess. And then uh, Putin reportedly is readying the nukes just in case you want this to get a, a little messier. But um, of course, Putin teased what many interpreted to be a, a nuclear threat earlier in the week when he said, uh, if you if you in the West meddle with this, I will have a response you've never seen in history, something like that. Now, Putin citing aggressive statements by NATO and these very tough financial sanctions, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, citing those, he has issued a directive to increase the readiness of Russia's nuclear weapons. So those, I guess, are potentially at more immediate disposal. But um, what's the what's the response from the West? Well, we are going to sanction the hell out of this man. Everything is uh, exclusively financial and support based. Uh, not any military intervention, at least in terms of uh, like like actual on the ground personnel support so far. U.S. sanctions against Russia now in, uh, include export blocks on technology, sanctions on Russian banks, and cutting off 13 Russian state-owned companies from raising money in the U.S. The White House is also sanctioning two dozen Belarusian. Is that the proper pronunciation? Belarusian. That's a good one. Belarusian individuals and companies connected with the Russian government. 
Other countries announcing similar sanctions include the UK, Taiwan, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, and the EU. The EU is also announcing that they are closing their airspace to Russia and sending $500 million worth of weaponry to Ukraine. The weapons apparently include fighter jets, so not just small arms or ammo, but actual fighter jets. The White House also announced uh, Saturday night that the U.S. will be disconnecting some Russian banks from SWIFT, which is the international banking communication system, uh, in partnership with the EU and others. Since the SWIFT system is under Belgian jurisdiction, the EU will decide what banks to cut off. That remains uh, that decision remains to be made. And notably, of course, absent from these sanctions so far are what matters, Russian energy natural gas, oil, uh, Russians, uh, Russia's major export and the energy source for Europe um, that, that Europe uh, in particular relies upon. And that's the most frustrating thing uh, about this whole story to me, because I think ideally and on principle, this is not um, a war that is ours to fight either morally or legally. We don't have treaty obligations to any party here. And, um, and so in the ideal world, we would just sit back and say, you know, we'll do what we can to help uh, civilian suffering and all of this. But this is not our war to fight. And we shouldn't necessarily have consequences for a war that is not ours to fight. However, because we in Europe rely on their energy sources, there, there's no option for us. We either go stop Putin militarily and fight that war that's not ours to fight. Or we sit back and suffer the financial consequences that are in the U.S., we're importing 7% of our oil from Russia. That could be cut off, potentially. Uh, in, the, in Europe, We were a net exporter of oil when the Keystone Pipeline was up and running, though. So yeah, we could be doing all of this domestically, but we're not, no, inexplicably. No. We need green energy, says that's Jen Saki. That's insane. We'll Come get on. to that in a minute. But yeah, that, that's the frustrating part here. There is no, there is no keep, your, you know, keep yourself out of it uh, and mind your own business. Because our business is necessarily affected, rightly or wrongly, that's the situation that we're in. And that's where there's no good um, way out of that. We'll get more to more uh, on energy and, and the impacts it's going to have for us in a minute. But I want to talk about these. Uh, I mentioned some kind of propagandizing or tall tales or just stories you might want to be a little bit skeptical of that are circulating. And honestly, I've I think I've personally fallen a little bit victim to this. I mentioned um, it is true that Ukrainian men are, are are staying and fighting and families are being split up by all of this. There's a video circulating. It's also true. There's a criminal gun grab and they're just turning the guns on each other, too. What's I'm sure really that, <laughs> the war effort in, in Ukraine yeah. right now? Well, what I'm saying is that certain videos that are circulating might not might be not what meets the eye or they might be deceptive. They might be propagandistic. They might be whatever. Um, so. The first of which is this Snake Island claim. So this is the island where the guys, I guess, said, go fuck, fuck yourself to the Russians. And the Russians blew them all away. Or what was the original story here? Yeah, Zelensky, Zelensky announced on Thursday that 13 soldiers on this Snake Island were killed after a Russian warship approached the island. Instructed the Ukrainian soldiers to surrender or get killed. And then they basically told them that they should go fuck themselves. Um, but on Saturday, Ukrainian officials came out and said... That the border guards may not have been killed. And so now I'm wondering, we're going to watch a clip, if this um even happened. Okay, so here's the clip that was circulating. And it's uh, in Russian, you, you know, Ukrainian uh, foreign language. I'll, I'll read over it. So this is a Russian warship. I repeat, I suggest you surrender your weapons and capitulate. 
Otherwise, I will open fire. Do you copy? Should I tell him to go fuck himself, just in case? Turn up the volume. Russian warship, go fuck yourself. And the story was that they all just got blown away after that. But hmm. as you mentioned, the um, even Ukrainians are kind of backing off of that, the Ukrainian government. But there are videos circulating that apparently show that these guys are in custody. They surrendered. The Russians are... And again, I'm not saying this is right, but this is the Russian side of it. This is from RT, Russian state-owned media. So understand when we go through these claims, it's not to say one is definitively correct and the other is not. It's just there are competing claims that we should understand when we evaluate these things. In the case of this one, the Russian state-owned uh, media source here says the Russian military has claimed that those border guards uh, have survived. There were, I guess, 83 or so of them on this island, and they surrendered, and they claim to have images of them in custody. The The Russian government and RT here is saying that there's currently no evidence that the recording itself is even genuine. They say that the communication had a message that indicated no one will surrender, but this go fuck yourself business. Maybe that's what it's actually up. saying, and they just dubbed over it, and all the stupid Americans that don't speak any of the languages are like, Sure. <laughs> I don't know the translation. I'm just trusting it. <laughs> then we have um, the ghost of Kiev, kind of this uh, mythical fighter pilot who may or may not be real. Uh, what's not the deal real. here? Uh-uh, no. According to one widely circulated post, the ghost of Kiev supposedly shot down four Russian fighter jets as well as two ground attack uh, aircrafts. And then this this video that got nearly five million views and spawned the rumors has been debunked as a clip from the 2008 video game Digital Combat Simulator. 2008 video game footage? I don't know if I saw this video, but I'm surprised that passed. And from what I read about it, this doesn't really seem like a feasible thing from a logistic standpoint, although I'm totally out of my wheelhouse of this. I don't know fuck about shit when it comes to <laughs> artillery. Uh, as far, yeah, as far as... Um, well, the performance here is is certainly questionable. So the general staff of the Ukrainian armed forces had claimed this. It was claimed originally that this Russian or that this Ukrainian uh, fighter pilot had shot down five or six Russian aircraft just on Thursday alone. But then uh, spokesman for the Ukrainian military had uh, said on Thursday, well, we shot down five Russian aircraft and a helicopter on Thursday total. So and the Russian military has denied the claims. Uh, outright. So even if we believe the aircraft were shut, uh, the aircraft um, was shot down, uh, shot down the Russian aircraft. And there's video of, of events like that. I believe aircraft being shot down. It's not to say that's not happening, but in total, this one guy would have to have shot down all the Russian aircraft for the day. Seems highly unlikely possible, unlikely. but yeah. highly unlikely. And then you had this tank versus car event. I don't know how they made this happen, but I'm pretty sure this is bullshit. <laughs> Do they, I don't, tell me what happened, because I'm fascinated by this one. There's this footage of a Russian tank just flattening a passenger car while people from the windows are inexplicably freaking out. I mean, if you saw this happening, would you be like, ah, like the people in the video? It's like, well, the car got flattened. It's wartime. I kind of feel like it was a disproportionate reaction it wasn't a super gory scene or anything like that like somehow not yeah um and then i saw another video of this elderly man being rescued from this flattened car supposedly moments later not a scratch on him that old bastard apparently was 
totally fine. It's very lucky. I can't show much of the footage because Susan says it's age what? restricted. So I really had to just blur it. But here's the this will give you a sense of the moment of impact, at least. So that's that's all the video I can show, unfortunately, but there's a lot of images in this Daily Mail article. And here's the thing. Uh, it was it's been characterized in so many ways, one of which is an accident. But I haven't seen the footage. According to the Daily Mail here, though, there's footage of the tank reversing back over the car again. Have you seen that? I don't know. And then I've read that it was a Ukrainian vehicle. Yeah. that was stolen by Russians. And yeah, I've read that it was a Russian tank. I don't I don't know what's going on here. All I know is that that would kill everybody. That- I guess I've never watched it happen, but it does seem awfully miraculous. The, Did you the- watch the footage of the guy getting pulled out? Totally yeah, yeah. Fine. He's yeah. totally fine. He's like 800 years old, too. It is a miraculous occurrence. But at the same time, the idea that it was uh, like, I mean, how, how would you fake such a thing or how would you stage such a thing? How would you get that know. car there? They found all sorts of ways to stage, you know, seemingly infeasible things in Syria and they were able to do it. I I, I don't believe anything I see. I don't I don't believe any videos. <laughs> this could be CGI. I don't know. This is all. I just don't uh, believe any just, of it. This is high, high production value stuff. Um now, complicating matters here. The tank is believed to be a Strela 10. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but it's an anti-aircraft vehicle used by both sides, both armies. So oh, just really? by looking at the vehicle, you wouldn't be able to tell, oh, that's distinctly Russian or distinctly Ukrainian. But as far as I understand, there aren't a lot of these vehicles on the Russian side driving around Kiev at the moment. If it was Russian military operated by Russians, what was it doing there without apparently other similar Russian military vehicles, unless I'm misunderstanding the situation. But anyway, Mm. just the moral of the story here is not that these are definitively true or false. It's just, there's a lot of competing claims circulating. So just kind of understand these and take these with a, with a grain of salt, but let's get back to, um, to uh, our dear leader, the most popularly elected president of all time, who, of course, uh, uh, has the situation under control. If there is any good outcome here, it, it's clear that it will be by sheer luck, at least uh, on the part of uh, American involvement or non-involvement. And I certainly wouldn't count on that. But we're, as usual, dealing with a response from the president that is totally incompetent at best or perhaps actually malicious at worst. Uh, Biden started his press conference after the invasion on Thursday by saying, well, this is playing out just exactly as we predicted that it would. And he said he then said throughout this 20 minute or so press conference, well, don't worry, because this isn't going to last long and it's going to be over quickly. But also the sanctions don't work immediately and it's going to take a long time. So check back with me in a month. For weeks, for weeks, we have been warning that this would happen. And now it's unfolding largely as we predicted. This is going to take time. It's not going to occur. He's going to say, oh, my God, these sanctions are coming. I'm going to stand down. He's going to test the resolve of the West to see if we stay together. And we will. The notion that this is going to last for a long time is highly unlikely. As long as we continue to stay resolved in imposing the sanctions we're going to impose on Russia. They are profound sanctions. Let's have a conversation in another month or so to see if they're working. It's going to be quick. Check back with me in a month. Sounds good. (sighs) What is he even (laughs) saying? So uh, remember in Afghanistan, Biden said, well, nobody predicted the country would fall this fast. Really? Uh, No one? And then it did. (laughs) 
And in the case of Ukraine, he says, well, I, I totally predicted all of this. I noticed that regardless of whether you're correct or incorrect in your predictions, disasters follow. So if you are so great at predictions, how are you so bad at mitigating the negative yeah. effects of these predictions? We have a complete disaster yet again. Um, and on the point of the sanctions, he says, well, nobody expected the sanctions to stop uh, anything. Well, number one, why do we keep doing them? Nobody expects the sanctions to stop anything, but we're going to sanction this guy straight to hell. <laughs> I know. And then why did everyone on your team as recently as a few days ago say, uh, yeah, these sanctions are intended to stop Putin from his evil doing? No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. They're meant to prevent and deter a large-scale invasion. We want them to have a deterrent effect. The sanctions are designed in the first instance to try to deter Russia from taking further aggression. As well as our efforts to uh, both try to deter Russia uh, through sanctions. If you pull the trigger on that deterrent, well, then it doesn't exist anymore as a deterrent. Hmm. But also it was never a deterrent. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, at best, these people have no idea what they're doing. Uh, at worst, they know exactly what they're doing and they're they're evil. And I'm, I'm running out of patience on these accidents. Uh, you know, we talk about the conveniences at the start of the segment, all the all the things we're supposed to look past. Um, is it that these people are just buffoons or is it that they want certain outcomes out of what's happening? I don't know. But uh, we certainly know that there's a, there's an energy agenda being pursued. And we mentioned that nobody's going to get serious about Russian energy because, uh, of course, uh, we in the West are dependent at least to some degree, a slight degree in the U.S. and a, a more significant degree in the in the uh, in Europe um, on Russian energy. And so if if Europe were to cut off uh, Russian natural gas, I mean, maybe they go maybe they're cold for the winter. I have no idea how yeah. they would make up for that. In the U.S., we're just going to suffer from higher gas prices. And, of course, those gas prices touch the price of everything else at a time when the price of everything else is already inflating out of control. Now, as far as what to expect, energy analysts expect the U.S. average price for a gallon of gas to hit $4 within a few weeks, or at least say that's possible. The national average currently is three fifty-four a gallon. And as a reminder, this time last year, early into the most popular presidency of all time, two sixty-five. So we're creeping on a dollar increase in just a year's time if gas prices exceed a 411 national average it'll break the 2008 record uh, now in a situation where russia let's say russian oil was just cut from the global market analysts expect the price of a barrel of oil to reach 130 bucks that would put gas uh, at the pump in that record range if the price hit 150 bucks a barrel you could see 650 or seven dollar a gallon gas oh my God. It's a possibility, maybe not a likelihood. And so instead of responding with a plan to ramp up production and maybe insulate ourselves from uh, Russian turbulence or the turbulence of the region, the uh, the White House response is to double down with the same nonsense that got us into this. A commitment to green energy. This morning on ABC This Week, Jen Psaki said the answer is more renewables, not more oil. Uh, but of course, somebody's going to produce the oil that runs the world. So even if we didn't, even if we stopped and we uh, put all our energy into solar and wind, it takes oil to run the world. 
Someone's going to make that oil to run the world. If it's not us, the oil still gets produced and it still gets consumed and the carbon still gets emitted. How do we even end up from a uh, end up ahead from a climate perspective under this plan? I don't see it. at all. Nobody's talking about that. Well, it's just as long as we're not the ones getting our hands dirty or at least less frequently the ones then we can uh, we can say we're the good guys. And um, presidential climate envoy John Kerry agrees. He says we have to stay focused on the climate threat. He says uh, one of the unfortunate things about this conflict is that it will distract us from the climate issue. And John Kerry hopes that Vladimir Putin will remember to uh, to keep his priorities straight because uh, parts of Russia are melting. I'm concerned about Ukraine because of the people of Ukraine and because of the principles that are at risk, but massive uh, emissions consequences to the war. But equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. Hopefully, President Putin would realize that in the northern part of his country, they used to live on 66 percent of a nation that was over frozen land. Now it's thawing. And so I hope President Putin will help us to stay on track with respect to what we need to do for the climate. I'm sure he'll be right there. Yeah, like he gives a fuck about global warming. <laughs> right after he's done vaccinating all his troops, he'll be right yeah, there. Yeah, really. <laughs> and making sure Just, there are enough women in the military. Uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, now, Kerry's defenders will say, well, that, that you got to be honest about the, the context of that clip because that was taped before the conflict escalated. Well, it is very recent. This this clip was posted by the media outlet uh, that, that uh, published it Thursday morning. So it was taped before the escalation got really hot, but the idea is still the same. That it, it, it's not just about the silliness of of worrying more about climate change than the casualties. It's about a commitment to a narrative that will hurt Americans, even while it's hurting Americans. Yep. Yeah. You you guys can pay more, and it's it's worthwhile because it suits my policy preferences. Great. Well. Quickly, in just one last demonstration uh, for how our political and media betters are, are pure idiots at, at best, uh, if not actually evil. One of the sites uh, that Russian forces secured was Chernobyl. That's, that, of course, is the site of the former nuclear power plant that had the, um, the famous meltdown in 1986. A Twitter user asked, hey, uh, why are Russian forces, why do they want to seize that site? And here comes MSNBC analyst and near 40 year U.S. intelligence veteran Malcolm Nance. He replied, quote, because it powers north central Ukraine. Uh, as a matter of fact, the last remaining reactor at Chernobyl was shut down in 2000. So only a few years off. Uh, Nance quietly deleted the tweet on Thursday night. Uh, Did people make a big uh, hubbubaloo about it? He just del- I don't know. I haven't seen any response from him. Um and this comes just a few days after Malcolm Nance was on MSNBC saying that the blood in Ukraine will be who else who else's fault? Trump's fault. Because don't forget, Trump extorted Ukraine out of anti-tank missiles that they now need to defend themselves, which, of course, is a reference to the uh, quid pro quo phone call Ukraine impeachment from uh, late 2019 into 2020. I don't even understand this. Did he does he not have any historical knowledge of Chernobyl or does he think that they were able to like get the reactors back up or what is I have no idea. And even on this extortion claim, it's like. I extort you by not giving you my property, even if you think that Trump's phone call was wrong, it's not really extortion. Uh, I'm not going to give you my property. I, I guess the extortion premise 
it rests on the idea that they have an entitlement to our property. Right. Just doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Anyway, uh, last thing I have to say about this. The biggest jackass of all of this may be the reigning champion, CNN, who was heavily criticized for interrupting their live coverage of Ukrainian air raid sirens to bring you a very special offer from the sponsor of World War Three, uh, a burger and chicken wing special at Applebee's. And a little bit of chicken fries. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. Get five bonus wings for $1 with any handcrafted burger. Only at Applebee's. <laughs> Looming war, <laughs> oh, no. dancing cowboy ass. Buy oh, chicken gosh. wings. Uh, mention uh, Ukrainian solidarity to your server and get a special deal. Now I had to cut that a little bit. It sounded a little weird because I have to avoid Susan's copyright uh, bot on the song, but... That is a fair presentation of what it actually was. In response to this controversy, Applebee's has reportedly paused their advertising with CNN. Says an Applebee's spokesman, quote, when we were made aware that our ad was placed in this manner, we immediately reached out to CNN to pause our advertising on their network. It never should have aired. And we are disappointed in the actions of the network. Well, at least they didn't apologize. Uh, CNN? <laughs> no, uh, Applebee's. They oh, just okay. deflected, but at least they didn't apologize, yes. Well, as far as I'm aware, Applebee's really has no responsibility for it. It's I don't think they said, hey, uh, why don't you do a side-by-side of this cool right, right. burger and wing ad? But still, apologizing seems to be the way you go about things yeah, now, whether or not you're responsible for the action. That's true. All right, we that talked. made me so hungry, though. It did look good. Yeah. Um, I, It's been a long time since I've been to an Applebee's. Many years since I've had a mudslide, which is their most famous thing, uh, as far as I gather. I okay, you and I went to an Applebee's the only time we met. I thought we went to a B Dubs, Buffalo Wild Wings. We did. Or did we go to both? We went to both. That might actually be the last time I've been to an Applebee's. I have not been to an Applebee's since then. <laughs> That's six years ago. Applebee's. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's really all I have to say. Of course, we'll be watching the news uh, as it comes in and potentially any sort of uh, uh, some sort of agreement between Putin and Zelensky that may happen. But I feel like I've had I've said all I have to say about uh, all of this news. Yep. Um, Should we do some super chats and get into the next? We are due. Yeah. Daniel Kungel, Russia tripled shipments of oil to the U.S. in 2021 and 2020, 76,000 barrels per day in 2021. It rose to 209,000 barrels per day. In case you're wondering how Russia is financing the war. So thanks, Biden. Interesting. I was not aware that the imports increased that much. I was aware it's like a, you know, something in the neighborhood of a 10 percent amount of our of our imports. But I was not aware that we increased it that recently. Uh, Long Don John, uh, let's get some F's in the chat to pay respects for the real victim of the Ukrainian invasion, Hunter Biden's career. I don't think he was going to be able to resurrect that one after the foot job video. I hope he invested all that money wisely because I, I, I don't know that he's going to get away with any appointments to the board of any energy companies now. Yeah, it, it might be a, a opportunity long past. You're right. So pay respects to the amazing career of Hunter Biden. Although a uh, little weird jerking off didn't stop Lubin Tubin. That's true. So He's maybe he would have been okay. Yeah. And a crack addiction hasn't stopped any number of um, 
of politicians. So. He'll be back soon enough. He's got uh, nice new teeth to show. Someone will. Does he? Someone will be impressed by his smile. Holden Mulray, hi, True Seekers. Crazy if you saw Tulsi's CPAC speech. It was not the usual basket of platitudes. She gets it. And she's doing more damage than anybody since Ron and Rand. Paul, take care and God bless. Um, Yeah, but, you know, woman. She has a ways to go, too. I mean, I, I she's the only Democrat I can name that I find, like, not insane. Intriguing. I find her intriguing, but it's yeah. mostly because she's a pretty hot woman saying, like, 10% based stuff. Yeah. If a man were saying exactly what she was, I'd be like, that dude is a major pussy. Don't get... Uh, Unless she's changed her positions, she has, uh, to me, a, a a view of the role of government, specifically the federal government, that's way too broad for anything I would ever yeah. uh, vote for or accept. She you know, Universal health care type stuff. Um, she also has uh, a view on, quote unquote, assault weapons and the Second Amendment that I, I could never vote for. Her The last policy position I heard from her was these things should be banned. And uh, unless there's been a change to that, that's not something I could vote for either. Yeah, we should not be voting for any women. It doesn't matter what her policy positions are. When push, co- push comes to shove, she's going to be useless in a battle when scenario. Puss I know. Comes when push to comes to shove. Is that what I said? What a Freudian slip. <laughs> I know she was in the National Guard or whatever, you know. Um, she was in the Army, wasn't she? Or uh, Well, I guess that is. It's Army National Guard. But was she? Uh, well, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't know. Was she? Uh, I thought she was active duty. So? I don't know. I won't have her defamed. I'm going to white knight for don't white knight. See the urge to white knight for an attractive female in the army. I have to know the reason that our troops are going to get shot overseas. The specifics of her military career. All right, carry on. Uh, Robin D. Bangs, uh, Dang's Baggett Putin two weeks ago when I was super chat in Moscow's penis, uh, Penciling, I almost said penicillin, in the invasion for next Tuesday. That was a joke, and now they're readying the nukes apparently today. Could be bad. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's okay. It's fine, guys. She, I think, is currently an Army reservist, and then she was in the Civil Affairs Psychological Operations Command of the Army prior. There's no, if, okay, if there's going to be a woman in our, in our armed forces, the only one that I would find acceptable, although I would reject this too, is like your top tier, top 1% bull dyke. <laughs> like no one wants to fuck her. Like <laughs> doesn't, doesn't cause any problems for the wives back home, you know? Otherwise, what are, what are any chicks doing in here? Why? Do you She's have any examples of such a person? No, I can't think <laughs> of a single unfathomable. person. All right. Yeah, it's yeah. unfathomable. Can you? Can you think of like a super lesbi- lesbian that you'd be fine with being on the front lines? Uh, well, on the front lines is a very different question, too. Like, I, 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 I'm not necessarily opposed to roles for women in the military. But what, as what far as roles like, for women in the military cannot be better done by men. Well, I think they're all. My point is, I think there are support roles that can be handled that uh, if someone wants to serve their country, I'm not going to tell them no. But I think that. In combat roles, that's compromising. Course, yeah. yeah. Well, they also shouldn't be allowed on deployments. Hot chicks in supply break up families constantly. I suppose. Well, there might be some truth to that. You, you, yeah. you might have a point there. But, no hot sluts in deployment. All right, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get way more dikey, and uh, only then will we let you carry the ammo box. Gain 100 pounds yeah. and only date women, and we'll talk. Yeah. Esoteric unbound. Um, so far, the only obvious winner in Ukraine is metrosexual Mussolini of the North. Prior uh, to the bullets flying, he was attracting a lot of international shade. Now Putin 
is soaking it all up for him. I better boogie on these. Let me let me like go a little faster. Okay, okay. that's that's another point on the timing. See, it all comes together. The timing. Nobody cares about Trudeau anymore. It's true. We're going to get to him in a minute, so I guess we care. But <laughs> uh, Let's just do two more really fast yeah. right now. Robin D. Banks, just to be clear, the ghost of Ukraine is fake. It was a 4chan operation. I have screenshots, capped the bread straight from sauce for any fellow chanters out there. Not kidding. I have proof. I, I'd I, like to see it. Yeah. I'd be, I'm, I'm not surprised at all if this is true. Uh, don't give up. This is the year of the red pill. When they screw up, people see it. Things may get worse, but little by little, it's getting better. Normie's waking up. They're starting to notice. Push. Um, that might be true, but... Uh, the normie waking up, I, I see no evidence that that's not an ineffectual person anyway. It's like, oh, you see reality for how it is. How fucking useful to me. Where were you the last 10 years? Well, you got to you got to let people get there. I know it takes takes time and it it's is frustrating. I, I understand. I understand. I, I have the Although, same reaction too, where it's like this. This is what did it. You 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 went through yeah. all the bullshit of the last X amount of years. And this was finally. I know. A thing. But I know. someone would say the same thing to me. You know, I was voting Obama in 2012 and they'd say, really, you you went through you all of that. You didn't just see a it. Kid. Well, just a kid. I guess that's I wasn't I was 25. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, man. I was a damn idiot. I fully acknowledge (laughs) it. Uh, Over on uh, Tippy Stream, real quick, Phil says, uh, the Georgian General Assembly has declared February 23 as Ahmad Arbery Day. I did not know that. The outer... the other party has long ago bent the knee to <laughs> to jogger worship. Well, in this case, certainly they won't save us uh, and in fact are complicit in our destruction. Phil also says the same people who say America is just an idea and borders are evil are really concerned about Ukrainian sovereignty. But as usual, Phil has faith in all of our ability to coexist. And whenever he's feeling down, he looks at that bumper sticker on uh, on his trunk lid and he says, I know we'll get there someday. How much does he hate how badly you bastardize? His, <laughs> Phil is a man of good faith and good spirit. His appropriately racist comments. <laughs> put through the Merrick, shredder by Here you go. He says Merrick Garfinkel. Is that? Hey! Uh, Merrick yeah, that Garfinkel. Was his name. It's yeah. just, is, was that really his name? Oh, yeah. Dude's oh, I, so, so he. Pure uh, heap, that guy. Well, I, I gather that, but I didn't know he actually did a name change. Merrick Garfinkel is another. It's another. He's trying to finish off the American nation. He hates us and he will work tirelessly for the destruction of this country. But Phil is the asshole for saying so. That's what Phil says. Jimny. Jimny P says Russian translation is accurate, although whether the recording is real or made by some dude in his basement is anyone's guess. I have to check myself from earlier. I'm sure I probably made an idiotic statement. Do they speak a different language in Ukraine versus Russia? Do they have their own distinct language or do they speak the same thing. I don't know the Ukrainian language. It is different. So would they communicate in Russia to the Russian forces? Although 30% of Ukrainians speak standard Russian. Gotcha. Okay. So it's common, but not majority. Is there, is there's a Ukrainian language though, a distinct yeah. language. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. way off base. All right. According to Wikipedia that I just looked up right now. Yeah. The authority. Danny from Montana says, fun fact, President Zelensky was an actor before he became president. He started a movie where he was the president of Ukraine and they got invaded by Russia. Sounds like something fishy is going on here. Either way, I want my free AK. Be right back. Going to Ukraine. Cheers. Hey, I was tempted by that, too. I would love to have one of those. Uh, so that's interesting. That's maybe another piece of the puzzle. That's just uh, just awfully odd. He was an actor who played the president of Ukraine that got invaded by Russian uh, by Russia. Mm. 
Sometimes, man, you feel like they're mocking you or something like that. Maybe that is one such instance. Anyway, we will come back to your chats later in the show. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. But we got to move it along, man. I'm like an hour plus deep into it and um, a lot left to talk about. So perhaps I'll have to to hustle up. But let's get to Biden's um, Supreme Court pick. Because after several weeks of searching for just the perfect diversity among, of course, only African-American female candidates, the drum rolls are over and the black chick pick is in. On Friday, Biden formally announced, I should have prepped the drum roll sounder, you're right. Biden formally announced Katanji Brown Jackson as his nominee to replace the retiring Justice Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Court. Biden said, for too long, our government, our courts, haven't looked like America. I believe it's time that we have a court that reflects the full talents and greatness of our nation uh, with a nominee of extraordinary qualifications and that we inspire all young people to believe that they can one day serve their country at the highest level, which is, of course, uh, a total bastardization of what the court is. The court does not represent people. Nope. The court Uh... represents the law. And we shouldn't be, um, average people shouldn't aspire to be on the Supreme Court. It should be reserved for the most elite, educated, smart people, not these like diversity hire chicks. Yeah, it's, uh, there's no personal or advocacy interest. Nobody, nobody, nobody should look at the court and think, well, look, uh, an Italian guy made it, so maybe so could I. Well, if you're Can't one of the really. greatest legal minds, maybe so could you. It, it's the it's yeah. not there to represent your interest or your your demographics. It's there to represent the law and what the law says, and that's it. Uh, Congress, Congress is where you get your representation in the federal government, and to some degree, the presidency too, I suppose. But he's one guy. Anyway, um, Jackson is 51. If uh, confirmed, she would be the second youngest justice. Amy Coney Barrett just turned 50. Jackson current. Yes. Uh, Jackson currently sits on the D.C. Court of Appeals, a position she only held since last year. But um, that, too, could be part of the political calculation to get her confirmed because three Republicans voted to confirm her to that position just uh, in June, uh, just June of last year. Those three Republicans were Lindsey Graham, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins who all voted to put her in that position in January of this year. The New York Times breaking down who the uh, picks could be. The New York Times said Jackson had not yet written a body of appeals uh, of appeals court opinions expressing a legal philosophy. Having joined the appeals court only last summer, her earlier rulings as a district judge in Washington, however, comported with those of a liberal leaning judge blocking the Trump administration's attempts to fast track deportations, cut short grants for teen pregnancy prevention and shield a former White House counsel from testifying before Congress about President Donald Trump's efforts to obstruct the Russia investigation. She's actually only written one decision uh, as an appellate judge. And it came out within just the last few days. But she was a U.S. District Court judge uh, in D.C. from 2012 to 2021. Prior to that, she was the vice chair of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, which creates federal sentencing guidelines from 2002 to 2007. She was a uh, federal public defender in D.C. Prior to that, she worked for private firms. She clerked for Justice Breyer, 99 to 2000, and she graduated Harvard Law in 1996. Now, But did she earn it? 
well, you, <laughs> there's a lawsuit against Harvard for exactly that right now that she might, uh, she and Elena, Elena Kagan, the former dean of the Harvard Law School, might decide if Harvard acted appropriately in there. I know. Selection Can anyone named Katanji really get through Harvard based on their own merit? Well, I think it's, yeah, I think they can if the individual is capable of that. But the point is that you've now you're put in position to ask those questions because, you know, this selection was made based on those criteria. And I, I would hope that, you know, you have to feel a little bit personally insulted by that. Oh, I'm I'm the I'm the black chick that you picked on account of me being a black chick. Great. Feel, uh, feel I really bet awesome she's zero percent mad about this and, and mad that she hasn't gotten more in her life. Well, I don't know. I haven't I haven't heard much from her, so we shall see. But as far as the criticisms that are coming for Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has called for a rigorous, exhaustive review of Jackson. Uh, they've, uh, I've not seen any definitive statements of support or opposition made by Republican senators yet. The most likely line of attack, should it happen if Republican senators aren't too afraid to be called racist for being overly critical of her will probably be about the decisions that she's had overturned while she's on the district court. Uh, law school professor Jonathan Turley says, well, on the district court, Jackson was reversed on appeal in a couple of cases. One was in 2019 that involved an executive order expanding the DHS definition of which non-citizens could be deported. Another involved a trio of federal employees, collective bargaining power. The first case was overturned two one. The second was overturned unanimously. According to the Judicial Crisis Network president, Kerry Severino, striking down the Trump administration immigration rule had no legal basis. She said, quote, cases like this suggest that Jackson might be willing in politically charged cases to ignore the law to deliver a particular policy outcome. And that's not what we want to see from a Supreme Court justice. The only other thing that's circulating about her so far, and this is early, so perhaps more things will come up, but uh, a former law clerk of hers apparently edited her Wikipedia and the Wikipedia pages of her uh, competitors in this selection to make her seem more appealing to a left-wing audience and her competitors seem less appealing what a surprise. to a left-wing audience. This is uh, according to former law clerks of uh, Jackson speaking anonymously to Politico. The guy who did this apparently, his name is Matteo Gotti. And uh, he he made a whole bunch of changes on Wikipedia, dozens of them to try to put uh, Katanji Brown Jackson uh, in, in, uh, to portray her in a more favorable light to um, leftists. But uh, broad picture here, given the, the prior Republican support and given that um, confirming her will not change the so-called ideological makeup of the court, which shouldn't be a thing, but is a thing. Uh, and given that I think Republicans will be too afraid to question her aggressively on account of uh, being afraid of, to be called racist, I would consider her confirmation to be a lock unless there is some drastic piece of information that comes out soon. Yeah. But speaking of drastic new revelations, the first rape allegation is already out. Jesse <laughs> Kelly of the uh, the first. He says definitively on Friday, Katanji Jackson Brown raped me. No mention uh, if if he has secured the services of Deborah Katz to represent him <laughs> in this accusation. But I hope so. I hope Deborah yeah. comes back. Now, as far as the uh, confirmation timeline, uh, Chuck Schumer has indicated he wants a speedy process like was done for Amy Coney Barrett. Judiciary Committee Chair uh, Dick Durbin says he expects to begin hearings within a few weeks of the selection. So that would put us at, at mid-March at the earliest to begin the, the hearings. Uh, Senate Democrat leadership is saying they want the nominee confirmed by the April 11th recess. 
Justice Breyer will leave the bench at the end of the current Supreme Court term, which ends uh, June 26th. And um, just one last note to prove what we already know about her, which is that she is a token who nobody knew about until five seconds ago when she was selected yeah. uh, for token reasons. Uh, Jen Psaki put out a promotion of the selection of uh, the, the nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson on Twitter. This was Friday and she misspelled her name. It's Kentaji Brown Jackson. And Jen Psaki <laughs> just left it up. Who gives a shit? It's the weekend. I'm going home. Congrats, Kentaji. <laughs> her we, defense, we, it is a really dumb name. So we vetted you so thoroughly. We love you, Kentaji. We'll see you. <laughs> okay. That's all I have to say about this. Um, I don't expect we'll learn much more until the hearings themselves, unless there's some some oppo research that comes out that has something explosive to reveal. Yeah. Or unless we decide to do the revenge Blasi Ford and get serious about this accusation. We're gonna have to get more creative than that. Just a, a generic rape accusation isn't gonna fill isn't gonna isn't gonna do it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. She'd have to do something that white liberals really hate. Uh, she voted Republican once. <laughs> oh yeah, she'd be screwed. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, if they, if they can fabricate that a voting record that she she, she voted like, for Trump, bang Donald Trump. <laughs> now you're thinking. I like the mm. creativity. All right, let's talk a little bit of uh, news up north. As the chatter was mentioning, uh, Justin Trudeau is uh, sighing in relief. He's sweating a little less heavily now that uh, everyone's focusing on ukraine i suppose but he canceled his emergency powers just before ukraine went crazy on wednesday night um great timing not just because not just uh, to take the heat out of off of him with ukraine but great timing for justin trudeau because multiple lawsuits were in the process of being filed against him uh, a couple of canadian civil rights organizations and the alberta premier were filing lawsuits against him the parties to those lawsuits say uh we're still going to carry on with these lawsuits just because you canceled them uh, cancel the order doesn't mean that you didn't act illegally and we're going to hold you to account for that. But I suspect that this will probably go the way a lot of coronavirus lockdown and various restriction challenges went in the U.S. where, yeah, sure, you acted illegally, but you stopped doing it now. So the issue is moot. Or, yeah, sure, you, you acted illegally, but you stopped doing it now. So that's all we can really tell you to do is stop doing it. But you're not. So who cares? Yeah. Neither one of those brings accountability for what was uh, an insane, uh, likely illegal power grab by the prime minister. And if you're wondering what that means for the people with the frozen bank accounts, supposedly that's over too. They're saying as of this week, they instructed the banks to unfreeze those accounts. Uh, some people I've seen claims that people are saying, yeah, I can buy food and medicine again after my thought crime incident. Uh, but of course, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland said prior that she wants to make the oversight of crowdfunding platforms permanent. So I'm sure there's probably some case by case ongoings here. And um, just because the the honking has ended for now, uh, the uh, the torture, the lingering mental anguish continues. Um, <laughs> and um, that uh, that comes in the form of the phantom uh, honking, the phantom honking, which we'll get to in a minute, but also uh, the the lingering, not the honks of the horns from the from the trucks, but people just saying honk honk. That is now a hate crime of its own, and this is according to um, well, it's Hitlerian, according to this Toronto member of Parliament Yara Sachs, who represents a, a certain district in Toronto. But they were debating the authorization of this emergency act. Um, these emergency act powers uh, in parliament. 
And she said, uh, yeah, honk honk is actually code for Heil Hitler. Let me find the clip here one moment. How much vitriol do we have to see of honk honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? What? Uh, so I, I looked at this and it's verified. It's verified by the Toronto Sun. OK, uh, the reason that they say it's legit. Is because uh, if you go to the uh, this is according to Urban Dictionary, a verified authoritative source on the matter. Uh, honk honk is a dog whistle commonly used by neo-Nazis that is essentially code for Heil Hitler. Its origins come from the right wing side of the clown world movement. With Hong Kong as the sound from a clown's nose. So now now it's a clown world movement instead of just recognizing that these people are building a clown world. This is a clown world movement. Hong Kong. I think HH Heil Hitler. I think that's what they're getting at. Well, they're really, really grasping at straws here. Never heard this. The Toronto Sun links to an urban dictionary definition that you can evaluate for yourself. And this, according to a heavily downvoted definition posted on May 14th, 2019 term mainly used on 4chan, it means Heil Hitler. Now, interesting, you have to comb through like a dozen other definitions to arrive at this one that the Toronto Sun references. If you move, uh, you have to move beyond one that is much more upvoted that says the universal cry for freedom also used to show disapproval of and dismiss tyrannical ideas. So little selective in the fact checking. Nobody can trust Urban Dictionary. When you when you <laughs> anybody put can post Matt them. in Urban Dictionary, it says ancient Greek translation for eternal sex god. Oh, that's clearly fake news. <laughs> you need to you need to put your own definition in there and get it heavily upvoted. So this is rectified. Exactly. Now, I mentioned the phantom honking. Uh, the honking may be over, but the honk honk Heil Hitler remains. And so does the phantom honking. The CBC reports that downtown Ottawa residents are suffering from the haunting of phantom honking. What sounds like blaring truck horns, but no actual sounds are there. When you hear that noise. Uh, it's like, oh, are they back? Is there a road convoy coming back? Is that what's happening? Says Sean Flynn, who lives about three kilometers from downtown, but could still hear the horns inside his home during the protests. I felt I was constantly doing these sorts of double takes. It almost feels a bit re-traumatizing. It's hard to explain because I think with any post-traumatic stress-induced thinking, it's not very rational. You're not what? actually hearing honking, says Zakir Varani, who lives downtown, adding he experiences, quote, constant unedgedness and fear any time he steps outside since the protests. Uh, wh- uh, what about the phantom horse trampling? What about the uh, <laughs> the phantom <laughs> yeah. frozen bank account or the phantom illegal seizure of power? Uh, we're, we're coddling the slightest inconveniences. And yeah, I know if you live in Ottawa, it probably was annoying. But the idea that you have recurring PTSD dreams about the honking and yet you'll allow this insane power grab and abusive power by police and Canadian government officials. And that doesn't traumatize you. I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, You've got your your priorities are all out of whack. And hey, what about what about phantom insanely disproportionate unjust imprisonment? What about that? (laughs) Because last week we mentioned uh, how Freedom Convoy organizer uh, Tamara Litch remains. uh, She remained in jail last weekend after her arrest 
a week back from Thursday, and she was charged with the heinous crime of counseling to commit mischief. And you had said uh, the court is considering a uh, a tomfoolery modifier to add on to that. Did I say that's so clever? It's, it's, a, so it's a good line. Yeah. Um, the court may consider uh, shenanigans, horseplay <laughs> charges, possibly even buffoonery. She's not off no. the hook for that. She needs a good defense lawyer. But we mentioned she was in jail last week and pending a hearing on Tuesday about whether she would be offered bail. She was not. Shockingly, Mm. she was not offered bail. She was denied bail and remains in jail this weekend and will be at least through part of this week as well. The judge said Litch poses a substantial likelihood of reoffending that tomfoolery and placing public safety at risk if she were released on bail. The judge also said Lich's continued detention is necessary to provide public confidence in the justice system. The judge noted that Lich repeatedly urged convoy demonstrators to, quote, hold the line and stress the severity of the accusation against her could result in a lengthy prison sentence. What a waste of time. She might be in prison with a January 6th style sentence. Oh, yeah. They've got to throw the book at somebody, right? uh, She might be. She maybe she's Canada's. Uh, Viking horn man, you know, QAnon shaman guy. Felony naughtiness. You guys are. Funny. That's that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> how how bad is it in Canada? It's so bad that even the horse trampled Indian lady we talked about, she's doing what everybody else is doing. She says, "Fuck this, I'm going to Florida." On Twitter on Thursday, she said, uh, "This is Candy Sarah, the the trampled lady." She says, "Quote: After getting trampled by horses by Trudeau, I decided I will be moving to Florida with my family." So. <laughs> Good. All the best to you and your family. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a scalping joke that we went after last weekend, but I'll refrain. We did enough scalping jokes. Did we? Or even scalping advocacy last weekend. Surprisingly, I was not talking about this given uh, First Nations lady. I know. I was talking about a white guy. It just happened to really fit in with the stories. So and he wasn't even that good for scalping, I realized later, because he's a to- he's a clean-shaven bald guy, so there's no hair to grab. You know, good scalping, you gotta get in there well, and grab right. that hair. I was just thinking the end result of the scalp. Maybe you a nice peel clean, it off with your knife. like Mr. Clean style. Yeah. Yeah, just a nice, shiny scalp. It'd be a good, um, it'd be a good uh, shelf piece for your, you know, uh, your medical oddities and, and yeah. You know, whatever, Although, whatever your museum that you're working on is. I think that instead of putting it in a jar, I'd let it dry out. Mm. Probably turn into like a potato chip like thing, you know, get, get in the gross. traditional fashion. <laughs> uh, OK, well, let's talk a little bit of uh, shifting science quickly, because, you know, we've seen so many stories of this. And frankly, I'm of the opinion that uh, coronavirus is intentionally on the way out as of Tuesday when Joe Biden will declare victory at his State of the Union address. Yeah. Rona is over. It's time for Ukraine. So the CDC has relaxed their mask guidance once again. On Friday, the CDC announced new relaxed guidelines. And under these new relaxed guidelines, 70% of the U.S. population lives in areas considered low and medium risk. And therefore, everyone is advised in those places they can go indoors without masks. And perhaps you think, great. So maybe that uh, maybe the objective measurement of the data has finally shifted in our favor and Corona's on the way out. Uh, no, the CDC did not actually uh, change, uh, make the change by evaluating the data. They made the change by responding to a political pressure and b changing the way they measure the data, changing the metric. So here's a description from NBC News about the change this week. 
This is welcome news to a lot of people, a relief, a long time coming, but it comes long after many states, most states actually, already have dropped their mask mandates. And Willie, I think that's one of the keys here of what we're expecting today is the fact that they're looking at these local areas and saying they're already loosening up on the restrictions. Let's give them more guidelines they can use, more metrics they can use. And what you're going to see here, I do believe, are the metrics changing. Up until now, it's been case rates, it's been positivity rates as the guidelines and the driving factor behind when to put masks back on. Well, they're going to change that, I think, because of Omicron. Those metrics have essentially been thrown out the window. Now they're saying, let's look at hospital capacity. Let's look at hospital pressure, how much hospital pressure is being put on by these various viruses, the virus that's out there. Oh, because of Omicron, we threw those metrics out the window. No, because right. you don't like those metrics anymore. You threw those exactly. metrics yeah. out the window. Um, what does that tell us? Number one, uh, well, they're just they're enabling these states scrapping the mask mandates to uh, to have some backing. So you're following political pressure. Once the exactly. state said we're not doing this anymore, you said, OK, well, we'll give you some backing on that. And um, and as far as changing the metric, the, the goalposts have gone full circle, basically. Oh, we we don't care about cases anymore. Now we care about hospitalizations. Funny, I seem to remember this time two years ago when this was all kicking off. And that was the original metric. We have to preserve hospital resources, make sure that hospitals don't get overrun. Then we yeah. then the hospitals didn't get overrun. And we said, OK, now we care about cases. Nobody can get Rona. And now we're going back to hospitalizations as the way to get out of this. We've just gone. We've changed the goalposts all the way around the field. And now they're back where they were. And we're just supposed to act like the science drove this decision. The CDC has also dropped its recommendation for universal school masking, that's over. And they said kids should only have to do that in high-risk areas. What uh, is that? What is a high-risk area? It's whatever. It's their hospitalization rates. That's how they're defining it now. But again, it's, it's not because of the data. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, said Friday, quote, we want to give people a break from things like mask wearing. Oh, well, remember previously she said uh, – she makes decisions based on what she thinks people can tolerate. Remember when she said that one? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's follow the science, uh, but actually it's it's follow her subjective judgment about what you and your family uh, can handle if she were to run your family. But she doesn't. Meanwhile, just in case you need a little more demonstration that the CDC is a political organization that doesn't care about the data. This week, the New York Times reported that the CDC has just been hiding the data, the data they don't yeah. like. Yeah, Headline exactly. Monday, the CDC isn't publishing large portions of the covid data it collects. Hmm. What a for, more than, for more than a year, the CDC has collected data on hospitalizations for coronavirus in the United States and broken it down by age, race and vaccination status. But it has not made most of the information public. Well, how did they select what information to make public and what not to? Well, two full years into the pandemic, the agency leading the country's response to the public health emergency has published only a tiny fraction of the data it has collected. Several people familiar with the data said when the and CDC. Pray tell, what demographic did they leave out yeah. of this data data reporting? See, see when the CDC published the first significant data on the effectiveness of boosters in adults younger than 65 two weeks ago. It left out the numbers for a huge portion of that population, 18 to 49 year olds, the group least likely to benefit from extra shots because the first two doses already left them well protected. I'm sure that's 
they were already so protected from the first two doses. Yeah. We, we, we yeah. Don't talk about the third one. Not natural immunity. Yeah. And then you scroll down, get a load of this paragraph. I mean, this is just damning, but it in typical New York Times fashion, it's 13 paragraphs deep and nobody cares and it won't get the attention it deserves. But the CDC has been routinely collecting information since the COVID vaccines were first rolled out last year, according to a federal official familiar with the effort. The agency has been reluctant to make those figures public, the official said, because they might be misinterpreted as the vaccines being ineffective. Translation, the data definitely show minimal effectiveness yeah. for large portions of society, presumably young people, the, 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 the um, demographic group they're not releasing. And they don't want people to conclude that those young people uh, don't need it or God forbid that the risks actually outweigh the benefits. They can't have that. So once again, follow the science. Oh, no, not that science. Put that science in the darkest corner of the basement. Here's the science you should pay attention to. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, if you if you doubt that this is political still, just pay attention on Tuesday night. There will be some corona declaration he's joe biden's not going to talk about ukraine victory he's not going to talk about the economy he's going to talk about corona is over yeah. Uh, yeah what what political opportunism perfect timing for the most important uh speech by the president and for all of these uh democrats to have any hope um for what has to be a bloodbath in november for elections to retain uh, legitimacy in the public eye last uh last thing on this uh the the saw mask lady is back and uh, this is more science that we all kind of intuitively knew, and you don't need a peer-reviewed study to confirm. But uh, breaking news, shutting down schools is bad for kids. What a there surprise, is a, yeah. There's a new study to that effect, and it shows exactly that. And the, uh, the saw mask lady, Leanna Wen, is back on CNN to tell us, wow, guys, um, we probably shouldn't be uh, shutting down schools. That doesn't look like it's good for kids. The study is sobering, but not at all surprising. We know that school has benefit for children, and therefore when kids are pulled out of school, that has detrimental impacts, certainly on emotional well-being, on stress, including of the parents and caregivers who now don't know what to do about, about working at the same time. But also now we see that there are very specific impacts on cognitive development, on motor, and other milestones for children. Also, we see that there are huge disparities in the study that those parents and families that are the most vulnerable most disadvantaged are the ones that are hurt the most we really need policies that aim to keep children in school why does she sound like a robot talking through a tin can because she basically is maybe <laughs> there's got to be something to that no oh, this study God. what no, are the no, details what no are the surprise on anyone what's um, the science on how school shutting down schools is bad for kids yeah the study on the impact of child development it is a huge study. It's it's four to six-year-old uh, Uruguayan children. The control has 35,000 people in it, and the cohort, uh, the COVID cool. cohort has 30,000. So it's like a really robust study yeah. starting in 2018, ending in 2020 in three waves. And then they were able to do it by routinely administered school readiness public um, exams. So it was like a really controlled study. It's how they would... Um, recognize people that were behind in developmental milestones anyway. Yeah. Uh, so for the COVID co cohort, losses were observed in motor and cognitive development. That's like um, how you use your body and your brain. Attitudes towards learning and internalizing behavior, which is um, 
basically how you're behaving socially. And losses were less pronounced among children from higher socioeconomic schools. It's probably because they were able to supplement better with tutors and, and extracurriculars and things like that. These yeah. results extend the literature on the consequences of the pandemic on learning and early child development. We already knew this was happening because um, is it the American College of Pediatrics or, or the CDC? Somebody just a uh, grossly reduced milestones, like developmental milestones in children. I oh, think I think walking, I heard a little bit about that, but I don't know the specifics. I think walking went from like 15 months to 22 months. Huh. And then they changed some of the other gross motor motor developments. It's like, this is, this is clearly impacting people uh, yeah, because I, socialization I, is good for children. What a fucking surprise. And of course, the, the damage that we're doing to kids matters regardless. But I want to emphasize the contradiction uh, and the absolute hypocrisy of the traditional Democrat narrative. We're looking out for the little guy. We're helping the downtrodden and the poor. Who was harmed the most? It was yeah. poor kids. It was kids mm-hmm. who were not able to, whose parents were not able to provide them something else if their school closed. Yep, exactly. Oh, imagine that. I can't believe it. And they, they always present this as though it's new information. Oh, sh- new study shows. Shockingly. Uh, yeah. We've known these things intuitively. And, if you didn't know this intuitively, if you didn't know that masking up kids and shutting down their schools for potentially a few years uh, would have drastically awful consequences for them and academically, you're socially, retard, then. I would. you have no business making judgments about what you want to eat for dinner, oh, let alone yeah. judgments Policy of uh, that, that are going to be imposed upon all of society. Yeah, you, you're a moron. If you if you needed a peer reviewed study to reach this conclusion, I don't need a peer reviewed study to know that stabbing you in the heart is going to have. Uh, bad consequences for your health. I don't need a peer-reviewed study to know that taking kids out of school is going to make kids less advanced in all matters, academic yep. and social. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now we have now we have study confirmation. So uh, everybody asking for a citation can get that when you're in your Twitter debate and they say citation, please. Here's the citation linked in the description for your convenience. Yeah. Okay. Time for a little hoax hate. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? What's your old neck of the woods in Mm. Parkland, Washington, south of Seattle and Tacoma? The garage door of the home of a 65-year-old black woman has been defaced with the N-word and a command that she leave town and move away. You get (laughs) out of here. Pierce County deputies received a call at 7.45 a.m. this morning for vandalism on 117th Street in Parkland and arrived to find the N-word and a demand to move out emblazoned on the garage door of the home of 65-year-old Valinda Williams. Although Williams said she'd prefer not to be on camera, she told me that she's still shaken up to learn that someone targeted her home. Pierce County Sergeant Darren Moss says it's surprising to see this kind of hate speech displayed in one of the more diverse neighborhoods in unincorporated Pierce County. Maddie Barkin lives across the street, and she says she was shocked to see the hateful message, but it also reminded her of a hard reality that can emerge even in a diverse neighborhood. No matter where you go in America, you can be exposed to something like this. But I'm not going to let this make me move. If I move, it'll be for other reasons. It won't be for that. 
If I move, it's because oh. this place is a shithole. Yeah, really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, clearly she did it herself or, you know, her black son did. But, you know, if somebody did that, maybe she's just a really shitty neighbor. Maybe she's having grandma parties with purple drank at 3 a.m. Maybe they're playing craps in the driveway and it's pissing off all the neighbors. Did you I think about that reporter yeah. here who says this is a hate crime is your headline? Exactly. Um, just to avoid any confusion, the woman who is speaking there is a neighbor. Um, she's not the woman who is allegedly targeted. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was confused. But the lady that was targeted was black, right? That's what's reported, but she won't appear on camera. Mm, my statements stand. <laughs> uh, I, I was curious what they meant by, uh, it's weird this happened in such a diverse neighborhood. So I did look it up and it's not as drastic as I thought. Uh, Parkland is 12% black which is, um, you know, uh, right in line with the national average. But in terms of Washington, that's actually triple the popula- the black population of Washington overall. Washington is only 4% black. This particular community is, is 12% black. Washington as a whole is almost 80% white. Um, but this particular community is 51% white. So um, it's, it's demographically different than the state of Washington in a, in more racial minorities, certainly, but it is, it, it's interesting how when you can, you have a community where that's true and the reaction is not, um, wow, that's weird that this is a more demographically diverse area. And yet this, and yet this still happens. I wonder, uh, if it's possible that someone who is part of that demographic diversity could be the culprit here. The answer is not even the diverse neighborhoods are safe from the hate of, I guess, a white guy who lives in a disproportionately black neighborhood, uh, but hates them that much. It's just a, I I did look up, um, any GoFundMe or anything like that on this. I couldn't find one. So there's no, at least obvious attempt. The, the, uh, a volunteer group did remove the paint, but Mm. there's no obvious attempt at cashing in on this one. Might be real. Um, it's possible done by another black person, but it might she might not have done it. It's po- who knows? Yeah, like we've seen these turn out to be teenage pranks or something to that effect. I, I'm going to speculate that there aren't a lot of genuine graffitiing Nazis living in this particular neighborhood. Yeah. But yeah. as always, if the truth comes out, we will update the story. Meanwhile. Uh, a similar story. Well, this has everything that you love. This has a racist note and it has uh, a, an entire team of, of, of female athletes having their season right. ended. They can't play sports anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just great. Uh, meanwhile, this is, a, this is this is Prior Lake, Minnesota, uh, outside of Minneapolis. The, the high school girls varsity basketball team is forfeiting its final game of the season in the first round of the playoffs. So the rest of their season. After a racist note was allegedly left in the bag of one of the team members, the target of the racist remarks, a Chai Dang, posted the note to social media Wednesday. It says, get off of our team, monkey. It is just a it looks like it's torn out of a spiral notebook, just lined paper and uh, a Sharpie type marker. Triple underlined, get off of our team, monkey. Now, it does look kind of like younger feminine handwriting, so maybe it's authentic or maybe it's hers. I don't know. But uh, Deng is a sophomore on the JV team. She says she found the note in her basketball bag. So the whole now the whole team, including the varsity team, who has apparently has nothing to do with this, must suffer. The school is interviewing team members and reviewing surveillance footage to see who may be behind it. But it's not just that their season is over. Now the Prior Lake varsity girls basketball head coach, Damondi Johnson, who is black, resigned. Did he? 
his statement says he will never sit down to racism and will always stand up for those who look like him, even though he's now sitting down because of alleged racism. But I think his thinking is that he won't be associated with what is now a racist institution of uh, this school in Prior Lake. I mean, does she look like a monkey? <laughs> I, I don't know. She's a she's a high school girl. I'm going to leave her alone on that one. Uh, <laughs> she's got strong monkey features, but, you know, there are white whoa, people that look like monkeys, whoa, too. Whoa. Hey, George Bush is the most whoa. monkey looking man I've ever seen. Okay, in my life. All right. He's white. He's all right. White. All right. All right. That's true. Very chimpy. George yeah. Bush. Very chimpy. I'm just saying that it's <laughs> chimpiness is not it has some correlation with race, but it's not all or nothing. It though. is not the exclusive property of any any particular group. Yeah, there are some chimpy jungle Asians, too. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. OK, where was I? You knocked me off, of course. Uh, Dang issued this statement. Oh, no. After after the um the coach resigned. Dang, the girl who is making this accusation that she found this note or making this uh, claim, she says uh, she issued another statement. She says, I'm not hurting from the fact that I got called a monkey, but I'm hurting because it was people that I loved and respected the most to the person who left the racist note. She said, I love them and I hope you find decency in your heart to change the way you think and the way you see people. That's how you know it's fake, because she would have gone all black chick crazy on her and like ripped out her weave or whatever. Although it was, she's saying it was a white person. So ripped out her beautiful blonde natural hair. Ah, um, yeah. Instead of being like, I forgive you. And I just want to understand where you, what black high school chick has ever said that in the well, history the, of mankind? But in, in this case, she's talking about an abstract person. She's not talking about a specific person. So the freak out opportunity never presented itself. Okay. You're right. She's saying, she's saying to the, to the person out there who did this, I love you and I forgive you. Very convenient uh, virtue signaling mm-hmm. opportunity but there's not a specific person that she's talking to yet. So um, anyway, I did just whether it's, it's transgender uh, biological men out competing you or whether you're, you're, it's getting your season abruptly ended <laughs> because of what is probably hoped. <laughs> um, or at worst, this is one of those things where it's like, okay. Um, yeah. If, if a high school girl actually did this, not good you know discipline at the school fair enough who cares but why is this uh like a borderline national news story why is this why is this so significant and why does it have to end the season for uh a dozen plus other girls who had nothing to do with it yeah but um but you know it's um it's a rough time to be a female athlete and i suppose that's the way it should always be huh (laughs) yeah yep (laughs) i agree i agree with that all right uh let's talk uh let's talk the movie i guess in a world of movie references flying over his head one man will finally watch them this is the matt and blonde show movie review this week's movie is the 1997 sci-fi thriller The Fifth Element, in which an ex-military taxicab driver assumes responsibility for the entire world when an eccentric woman who completes an ancient superweapon literally falls into his air car. From Movie Picker Charles, an enjoyable sci-fi movie with themes of good versus evil, enough campy cartoon-like ridiculousness, and hilariously over-the-top characters and costumes to keep it light as always your review and your rating 
I did not know this was the director from uh, Leon the Professional. But now it's illuminated some of the reasons that I didn't like it very much. Hmm. I didn't hate it, though. I didn't, I didn't hate this. But uh, it's it was interesting. I'll give it that. Um, and a few things that I liked. All right. This this future hellscape is multicultural. And then there's some there's some really prophetic bits about like the gender bending stuff and the mindlessness of social media, future social media and live streaming. Because that what what is his name? The hmm. ho- clearly homosexual guy that was in. Uh, oh, I have plenty to say about Chris Tucker in this Chris movie. Tucker. But um, I guess I didn't notice the live streaming angle. Maybe I he, he had his earpiece in and he was like li- he was basically live streaming uh, his okay. show. You yeah, know? yeah. And so I thought that 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 was prophetic because he was like such a, a worthless piece of shit character. Um, and then the futility of the military. And I'm I'm kind of a sucker for these plucky sci-fi movies. So mm-hmm. there was some good stuff here. And I like Bruce Willis. Um, but I have major problems with generally with movies that are just too long. And this had such a terrible editing problem. There were so many fucking characters that I didn't care about. And the action sequences were too long. And it just muddled the good parts of the story. And by the end of it, I was just so exhausted from like what was going on that I was like, there's, this is could have been a, a better tailored, better edited film hmm. that made me care more about it. So I gave it two out of five, although there were some innovative and interesting elements and some accidental commentary on society that I found useful. You're not going to praise this goddess woman as you did on Wednesday. She's really hot. Like really like stupid hot that's about it though i thought man i thought this might be the week where we were gonna get off of this agreement streak that we're on i thought you were gonna hate this because i it? thought i thought you would probably like it more than i did no. but we are once again in pretty close agreement uh hey. if, if maybe for different reasons i i do agree that there are some redeeming qualities it's not a, a horrific one rating for me so i guess that represents an improvement for luke Basson, who again is the director of leon and i'll get to that in a little bit because while i acknowledge i have kind of a bias against him i also think that he has some problems in the way that he makes movies that i don't like um, yeah, how many kids did he rape on set? That's the <laughs> well, th- this this movie does play into that storyline a, a little bit, actually. Hmm. There is some some really interesting philosophy sprinkled in here and there. The coolest scene or the most interesting scene to me was when the priest and the villain Zorg are having this dialogue and Zorg breaks the glass and says, you know, by destroying things, something in the effect of by uh, the quote is by creating a little destruction. I'm, in fact, encouraging life saying by destroying this glass, for example, look at all the pieces of technology and all the right. jobs that had to be created. Jobs, yeah. It's interesting to think about, but it but it's it's the broken window fallacy of economics. It does create jobs in that things that mess had to be cleaned up. Yeah. But that means what? We're just constantly reinventing the broken wheel. We're not advancing. We're not innovating. It's true. There's a job created, but there's advancement that that is sacrificed according to that view and. I just thought it was interesting commentary too. how, again, it's an example of how we can convince ourselves that immoral means achieve moral ends. And we constantly discuss that on this show. I think maybe it's possible in isolated circumstances, but as a general rule, you don't achieve moral ends through immoral means. And that's really what he was talking about. We can kind of rationalize our way into that. I thought that was interesting. There's commentary, uh, as Lilu is kind of losing her will to live. She says, um, What's the use of saving life 
uh, when you see what you do with it. She had seen all of humanity's wars and all of the awful things we've done. And she's saying, well, what's the point of saving this? And they have this conversation about how love is worth saving. But but really, to me, it was it was commentary on how you got to accept the inherent value of life as a fundamental premise. And I know that's challenging at times, but if you don't, we have no moral framework. We have no purpose in life. There's no reason to do anything if yeah. human life isn't treated with inherent value. And it was interesting commentary on that. But I, I share your uh, criticism that there were in, the things that were interesting. If there's more of that, I would have enjoyed the movie much more. The, for every okay. piece of that, there was a screeching Chris Tucker to come yeah. in and just ruin it. More on him in a minute. Uh, the 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 future. I actually thought the action scene of the future car city was pretty cool. Sweet, yeah. Um, and I think it it's either it was either influential on George Lucas for Star Wars and Coruscant because that's what I thought of immediately. That chase scene in Attack of the Clones was very yeah. similar. It's possible that George Lucas took some influence from this because this came out a couple of years before Coruscant was fully presented in Star Wars in in the Phantom Menace. Really? Yeah. Um. But on the other side, there are a lot of arguments that Luke Besson ripped off a lot of George Lucas ideas, too. And I've linked Maybe. that in the review. Yeah. And there's some compelling reason to believe that as well. Now, things I hated. Um, <laughs> the, for as cool as the action can be at times, action narrated by a frantic gay Chris Tucker is the worst action possible. And I, I agree with you that his character was largely useless. He is basically the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. Yeah. And maybe that's another way that, that George Lucas ripped off uh, Luke Besson or this movie, that he is obnoxious. He's pointless. You could delete him outright. And not only does it not impact the plot, really, I know that he was kind of the premise to get um, Dallas to the to the theater. And there was the whole radio thing. I, but you could you could get him there through a different premise. You could delete him outright and not just have a meaningful negative impact you could improve the movie like to me it's a full wiki ratings improvement just by deleting that guy deleting him he was so annoying and indeed chris tucker was actually nominated for a razzie for worst new star for that performance and he only lost to dennis rodman so that tells you how bad it was and then this is what i mentioned about maybe my perspective is kind of poisoned by leon the professional um if you guys don't remember you didn't catch our review of that it was natalie portman who was portraying a 13-year-old girl who was trying to seek uh, revenge through the help of this professional hitman. And she was very sexualized in that movie. Um, and I consider it to be pedo bait. I don't know yeah. other what other way to... And we were harshly critical of the director, Luke Besson, for those reasons. Now, it's not strictly relevant to the plot of this movie, but I will note that he met his wife who was 15. Uh, so he... This wife of his had said that um, Leon, the professional, was inspired by their relationship. They met at 15. She was pregnant at 16. He was 31. She's the blue alien opera singer in this movie. Oh, really? That's her. And then Luke left her for the star of the movie, uh, Mila Jovovich, who is the who is seriously and then left her after that, too. Now. I don't want to harp on that too much because, yeah, the movie is a separate product from the personal lives. Um. But my problem in this case is that I can't see Lilu as anything but an adult adaptation of Matilda. They have the That's same haircut. They have the same kind of sexualization. They have the same struggle with trying to find purpose or meaning. Maybe that's an unfair criticism because I'm only taking it from a movie that I already hate. I'm acknowledging that. But I just can't see her as anything but like, here's adult Matilda. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he lacks innovation. That's uh. the problem. 
And then I, I just, it's one of those movies that worried. tries to do everything. It tries to be hilarious. It tries to be deep. It tries to be, uh, it tries to have awesome action, but it just doesn't do any of them really well. You don't feel like you walk away with some deep philosophical lesson. Yeah. You don't feel like there was some joke that really stuck in your mind and the action scenes are okay, but you're not going to, you're going to fire up the movie again to watch like the car chase or something. So for me, it, it is right. a two wiki rating as oh, well okay. and and i feel like i'm stretching but i'm giving luke Besson credit for it at least using a woman of age this time so credit where due it's definitely a no for me dog and did you know that gary oldman himself also hates this movie oh i believe it because he overacted terribly and his accent yeah. was stupid he said it's unbearable so it's mm. not just me but let's see what the audience thinks uh, as far as uh, I sense this might be a polarizing movie. Um, we are definitely in the early vote. We are in the minority by quite a lot. Over 60% of the early vote gives it a four or a five wiki rating. Not Our a lot of hate, hate actually. us after all of this. This, one, this is one of those I guess I just don't get. But because there's a lot there's a lot more love for this one than we have. Next nice. week is War Games. And I know nothing about war games other than it's a 1980s movie, but it looks like it has that same chick from uh, Short Circuit. The the Ugh. the the ultimate front master from Short Circuit is in this Allie one too. Hebe is that her last name? Uh, I don't think it was that. See what <laughs> I, did there? I think that was incorrect. It's Ali Sheedy. Let's see. Um, and after that, it, the uh, nominations. Let's see what the. Uh, whoops. Let's see what God, the she's is. ugly. I hate her face. Nominations for next week are Black Hawk <laughs> Down, Pulp, Vic- uh, Pulp Fiction, The Born Identity, Top Gun, Clerks, Transporter, Desperado, or of course you can uh, reject the list and vote for a random, uh, randomly selected top rated movie instead. Currently Black Hawk Down and Pulp Fiction leading the early vote. So get in there and vote if you have uh, support for those movies or for movies otherwise. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am. Submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do that is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. And that will do it. Let's uh, catch up with the chat. We'll call it a night. I bought PN says, ah, that good old fashioned World War Three fear that takes me back. And it's a nice break from global warming hysteria. This this week has been kind of a nice break from coronavirus. But they kind of shoehorn it all together. Like, listen to John Kerry. It's like a, it's a it's a potential World War Three. But the danger is that it will make global warming worse. It's all yeah. all of those things. <laughs> dyslexic ginger i'll be watching tomorrow but just wanted to give some love formerly amber the drunken pickle maker hey girl ah, that. well i hope your pickling is still going well not i should learn the skill because pickles were out of stock at the store for so long but oh no i think they're finally back reliably trapped to the world we should write letters to the convicted cops offering them support and encouragement while they are incarcerated that's a good idea uh yeah i, I wonder what kind of sentences they will get yeah. I'll have to I'll have to watch for that. No sentencing date yet, but um, but yeah, it's um, I I, I wish we could agree on this. I understand how people don't like uh, certain police action, or they have differing opinions on what was justified and what wasn't. The idea that the feds are just going to come in and absolutely ravage whoever they want to, we we really got to stand against that as a country. But we won't. We're just going to yep. enable this exactly uh, as people do. Don't do two K. Uh, you guys know the the origin of Sacmo's nickname? 
I could tell you it's short for satchel mouth, but I'd have to spend 10 years in the thought penitentiary. Um, huh? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't Yeah, I, that one. I don't know what the reference is. Sacmo. I, yeah, I don't know. I have to say CHMO. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know what the reference is. Unfortunately. I'm sorry. Boogeyman nine one seven says cheers, cheers to you, uh, Greg wait, wait. Olson. Is it Satchmo? Is that how you say it? There's that's a nickname for Louis Armstrong. Is that relevant? Is I don't it know. racist? Is I, it, it a racist be. name? Is it like Bootlip? Uh, yeah, bootlip yeah, Armstrong. Maybe I think you've made the connection that maybe okay. this is uh, one of those lesser known slurs or something like that. Yeah. Really? Maybe. I do like um an old timey racial slur. Bootlip might be one of them. I've never heard that. Greg Olson, here's some cash. Check out war correspondent Michael Yan traveling the People's Convoy and reporting on Ukraine, the hot zone with Chuck Holton, who is in Kiev right now. And of course, Allison Morrow. Great vid on Saturday uh, too, Matt. Yes, it was a great video. Good job. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Hot dogs or hobies. That's insane, but okay, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Is it sad that I have more respect for Ukrainian legislators and president for fighting with their citizens against the Russians than for our own country's politicians? Do you think... Our own politicians would do the same in a similar situation. Uh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe no. I don't even have the right to comment on the sovereignty of another country because our country's so fucked up. I saw this morning that Condoleezza Rice was on the Sunday news store uh, news shows talking about how wrong it is to invade a sovereign country. Tell me more. Uh, um, even the uh, and I'm not di- I, uh, now do I'm I not rest? discrediting the Ukrainian leaders who are doing that. I think that's awesome. Um, and I don't think that you would see something like that in this country. Um, in fact, I think it's more likely that Nancy Pelosi and company would join the invading force and try to kill us, or maybe they already are that, but I, I know even some of those photos of the Ukrainian president, you see him decked out in like a flak jacket and a helmet and stuff. Some of those are old photos. There's all kinds of just old footage, old images being circulated as though it's new. I'm not saying he's not there. As far as I understand, he refused U.S. offered extraction from Ukraine saying, I'm staying here. This is my country. So Mm. I'm not saying that's fake. It's just like I just. Every image you see, you have to wonder where did it come from? What was the purpose of the person posting this? What are they trying to display or represent? And it's like even that stuff is like a little sketchy. Yeah. Uh, Robin D. Banks says they're not even policing just hate now, but just bias. Okay. Um, why don't we all just get our, uh, get our passes back? We can do quotas too, because sometimes you run out. Sometimes you lose count. Is she talking about N word passes? Oh yeah. When do we get those? Are they in the mail? Never. Although I, we have been given some by some black fans. Do Robin I get D. a Banks. boot lip pass? Hell yeah, you get a bootlip pass. <laughs> okay. Also said, um, actually, no, the false Nazi narrative isn't actually false. Google the Azov Battalion and where they came from. They have an SS on their unit patch. They're derived from a Nazi unit in World War II. Ukraine does? I, I had saw, says, I, I had seen Battalion, yeah. I had seen some photos claiming to show Ukrainian forces or at least Ukrainian, uh, I don't know, maybe civilians or militia of some kind with a swastika flag. But I don't know how legit that is either. Liberative. Alex Jones was right about war in February, but let's not forget that Biden pushed back the State of the Union into March when they are normally given in January, early February. Mm. The timing. The timing. I'm going to come around on this and I'm going to become a full, a full fledged the timing conspiracy theorist. 
I'm nearly <laughs> there. Sorry, that's just um, a weird burp. Marty McFly. Lon, <laughs> what are your thoughts on commies putting Ukraine flags in their profile after denying the Holodomor for years? It's super disgusting as Ukrainian. Yeah, that's rich coming from them now. Seriously. Um, Semper ad or Blonde, just as a matter of fact, uh, Ukraine is not a nuclear power. They gave up their nukes decades ago. Yes, but what if Putin is right and they're going to be equipped with nuclear capabilities because of their alliance with Western forces? What if he's not being paranoid about that? Well, that's he doesn't his want whole... them to, to become a nuclear force. As much opinion. as I understand his beef, which is very base level, minimal, it's, it's all about the eastward expansion of the NATO alliance. And yeah. including Ukraine in that would be another encroachment onto the Russian border. And he doesn't like that. And maybe he has um, his reasons and maybe he's even right about some of those reasons. I, I don't think that justifies what we've seen, but I think it's important to understand those perspectives and reasons as much as we can to properly understand the conflict as a whole. Agreed. Eric Nervik, we must defend Ukraine because Ukrainian people have a right to Ukrainian land and those borders are sacred. Hmm. We don't have to defend shit. Well, I guess it depends on who's we. Like, does the U.S. have an obligation to? Oh, I just assumed this person was um, not Ukrainian or yeah. American. Well, well, he sent in USD. I guess that doesn't but, really mean anything. But the argument is interesting, too, because if we're just saying, well, even Ukraine has an obligation, not just a right, but an obligation to do that. Funny. I've been told that uh, those those rights and obligations don't apply to this country in the context of yeah. certain borders that we might have that are being uh, constantly encroached upon. Um, Mr. Crescency and anyone looking for videos of Ukraine from pla other places other than Twitter, check out announcements page on the Matt and Blonde Discord. I've pinned plenty of the Telegram links. Thank you. Mm. Well, thank you. John A. <laughs> hey, that's a great idea. Destroy the international jewelry system. I said nothing wrong. Hillary, nothing wrong. Uh, Frederick. <laughs> Stop. I'm just joking. Belarus has voted today to go uh, to forego their status as a non-nuclear power. I don't really care who wins in the end. It's just not nice. It's just nice. I'm, I'm retarded to have something other than Corona and joggers. Is that it? Like I'm less <laughs> this, invested in this story just because I'm happy that there's something else. To dude, talk this about. movie is so much better than all the bullshit we've had to watch lately. I mean, I'm kind of with <laughs> yeah. you on that. I can't deny that. I'm a little, yeah. little sick of the sequels. All right, I've seen enough of the Rona sequels. This is something new. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Jackalope. I hope all those arms go straight to the citizenry where they rightfully belong. Um, in Ukraine, it looks like it looks like they have. Yeah. Well, I, I I hope any of the resources go to the places that they're needed. The trouble is, I know the history, recent history of the Ukrainian government and their relationship with us and the rest of the West. And uh, you wonder what resources are going where and why. Yeah. Um, Majorison, uh, is this the first time Ukrainians were allowed to possess firearms? If so, they've been screwed whether anyone knew it yet or not. I don't think so. I think at some point they were able to, but I'm, I'm not sure. Hmm. Drive to the world. Can't believe anyone has been buying any of the stories out of Ukraine. Give it time before trusting anything out of a war zone. No way to verify stuff. Proof college doesn't teach critical thinking. I know. And I feel like my reporting on this was um, semi-worthless. But I just, the only thing I know about this is that I cannot believe what I'm told. Yeah. That's it. I mean, we're, we're yeah, we're, we're trying to do the best that we can. And of course, we're not in Ukraine. And I don't have special sources through which to verify these things. And I, I yeah, I hope that like uncertainty doesn't come off as, um, as shirking responsibility or something like that. I mean, we spent, we're, we're sitting here for hours trying to figure out what we could learn about some of these stories. So that's kind of the point is 
there are a lot of people with a lot of agendas putting a lot of bullshit in front of you right now. Some of it's real, some of it's not. But people are trying, there's at least some people trying to manipulate you, and we should all be aware of that. Yep. Uh, Michael Anderson, uh, I witnessed a 30 ton semi tractor run over a Porsche on the 10 around 1990. The Porsche was completely flat, and the driver survived and actually drove the mashed car off the freeway. Huh. So maybe it's legit. Maybe. Doesn't yeah. matter. You know when it comes to American media and other people's war, the, uh, where there's smoke, there's mirrors. Yeah, yeah. you can count on that. Um, Greg Olson. Blonde, you're really providing some good arguments for not letting women vote. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a good mind to figure out what is true or not. On another note, when are you guys having more kids? We're working on it. Um, I, I think that we're going to try to aim for like the two-year plan. I think ideally we'll have three. Um, and it'll be... Uh, spaced apart by two years, which means man makes plans and God laughs. Yeah. I'm just saying that's like the aim. So um, it won't be for several more months, but maybe toward the end of the year. Um, Gruntled and shepherd. I've looked around and can't seem to find out if the new financial surveillance that prime minister Hobbit wants are now enacted. I suspect that Canadians are now on double secret probation, except for Tamara. She's in jail. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And we're going to have to watch what happens to her, man. That story will probably just disappear and maybe she'll disappear into a prison cell, but that would be unfortunate. We got to, we got to watch that one. And thank you for, um, for your support for the, uh, for the show as well. Appreciate that. I am offended. I am not going to be niggardly. Oh, whoops. Um, check out Jacko Will, Will Links. Warning to Russia. Guy's a total clown. No idea how people can listen to him. Peterson Shapiro, et cetera. How are conservatives falling for this? Well, I, I have not seen this, so I can't even know. I don't know what he said or not. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to opine. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, I'm I can't. It, it's hard to say what you're falling for and what you're not. I'm this is one of the toughest stories that I've seen in a long time of dissecting what's real, because I don't think it's like all some fake movie that we're watching. But I know there are forces trying to manipulate, trying to propagandize and. Um, separating the reality from that propaganda is very difficult. So I, I don't want to be too harsh against anybody who maybe is manipulated by one of these kind of viral emotional presentations Yeah. Um, because it, it does happen. You know, like I said, even the last video I made, there are questions about whether that guy saying goodbye to his family is legit or He's not. Legit. Yeah. And I wish I would have dug into that a little bit more before uh, presenting that. Cause now I'm not sure that that's authentic. So it's like, well, was that me trying to lie to you? Is that me trying to pull one over? No, I mean, I'm trying to do the best I can. And it's, it's possible that someone is out there intentionally duping people with that. And maybe right. I, maybe it got me. So unless it, you know, unless someone is making the same mistakes repeatedly and constantly getting duped and appears to be part of the, the dupers themselves, um, I'm going to, I'm going to give people a break on what they may say early on on this one for sure. Hmm. Redeemed one. The car ran over by the tank is only survivable because the tracks went over engine block and backseat uh, uh, area instead of the driver's seat. Ah, low visibility in those, so they may be trying to back off the car. Maybe that one was real. Okay. Okay. I have not um, seen the footage of the reversing. It was just, it was written that it's viewable in the Daily Mail article with no citation. So. Uh, wicked RCL. It sounds tinfoily, but I think the Ukraine-Russia situation is about NATO and UN pushing for one world government. It's also hmm. a really convenient distraction for Dems about to get wrecked for the problems here at home. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, whether or not it's, that's what's happening. I mean, the, the expansion of NATO is part of the conflict here. You wonder if there's more to it than that. I don't want to, God, dude, it's like, 
I'm not, I'm not pro Putin. I'm not like pro anybody. I just, I, I'm just, I just don't trust what they tell me. That's all. Yeah. That's it. Trap to the world. Chernobyl disaster was in 86. Plant had reactors that continued operating until 2000. Nant should have known that, but he was correct that it ran after the explosion. Mega love for dancing cowboy butts, but nobody was there to operate them. So they were just. Yeah. And in in fairness to him, I was not aware that that there was operation post the explosion. Yeah. But in not, well, in criticism of him, um, that hasn't happened in 20 years either. And. In additional criticism of him, his job is U.S. Intel for 40 years. That's true. Um, yeah. His job is telling you all the facts you need to know about it. But yeah, he's a he's a silly guy. Bane Koof. Tulsi is a covert commie. She and Crenshaw are members of the World Economic Forum. Very corrupt NGO. I was unaware of that, hmm. but I'm not surprised. Same with the deputy prime minister. She's on the board from Canada. Hmm. Demon Hunter Bear. While Jojo McButt wiped once Americans disarmed, he's totally fine with Ukrainian people having uh, javelins. But on screen, they wield cardboard AKs. Gotta love the consistency. Hmm. And now that's convenient, really. Yeah, the javelins are the uh, anti-tank missiles. Um, the cardboard AKs, I have seen that. Is it, um, is it, is it possible that's just a training exercise? Maybe. Who I mean, knows? it seems Who so knows? blatant that like, yeah, you can tell they're cardboard cutouts, but is it possible they were just doing like movement training or something? You just need a rifle prop. I don't know. To me, that one's so silly. There might be an explanation for it. Robin D. Banks, Matt, check inbox sent you one of the threads. I have another one somewhere showing the ghost of Kiev as a 4chan prank. Mm. If you want, hit me up and I'll send that to actually it's Sam Hyde spoiler. <laughs> Please. Do. <laughs> I did see good Sam Hyde memes circulating. Uh, but yeah, I'll check that out because I'm curious about the origin of the uh, the ghost of Kiev thing. Also said, um, as a child, Kentaji Brown lured me to her office with candy, then hit it uh, from the front to the back with a giant Jamaican nightmare strap on. Hmm. It was like a Pringles can with veins. Awful. OK, let's go with that. <laughs> Uh, okay. straight straight face all soviet union countries had to learn russian that is why most uh, former soviet countries have populations that speak russian and their native language my belarusian wife Irina, is a huge fan keep up the good work hey girl well thank you and uh, all the best to you and your wife majoris and laundry day blonde what's on your shirt if zuzan will allow the answer it's just a logo i can't wear a t-shirt God, <laughs> worst yeah you, um, you pretty commonly wear t-shirts, so it's not even out I of the do. ordinary. I do. I'm going to sleep in this for sure. Uh, American virus is freedom. Only question Republicans should ask, are you black? Are you a woman? <laughs> <laughs> I have no buck. further questions. I yield yeah, my time. Uh, knuckle hunky buck. <laughs> Honkle honkler. That's the next adaptation. That's advanced. I like it. Thank you. It's a deep cut. Connor Miles has, has said, has said, am I illiterate it's 8 15 so yes putin knows west is weak been planning this since he got away with annexing crimea in 2014 russia has a history of coveting ukraine regardless why should we give a shit europe can get bent with oil i i'm inclined to agree with this why should we care well um on, on the europe question i suppose you would say this is kind of not necessarily even my position but devil's advocacy we have uh obligations to those countries as a matter of alliances i suppose but on on our own behalf you can't if we if we cut off that supply there are certainly financial costs to be paid and maybe we'll actually end up paying them and even if you say um well we need to increase our production and just get rid of that i would generally agree trouble is 
there have been massive job losses in the oil and gas industry, just like everywhere else. And so yeah. simply rehiring the people to actually up that production, you can't even do that overnight. You can't just flip that switch either. So there's really no situation where we just say, eh, we're, we're not involved and, and we pay no price. It's just, right. there's, there's no way to do that. Otherwise I'd be yeah. in favor of it, but yep. here we are. Yeah. Um, Connor Miles, my almost boomer dad agrees with Canadian truckers position, but doesn't support shutting down the city. This is why the left wins will do anything to get their way while right would rather lose correctly. There's mm. some truth to that too. Um, Frost Frost says, Matt, can you watch the state of the union for the rest of us and make a video summation? I can't watch the <laughs> Tim man Biden speak. It is too cringe. Thanks. I'm oh, definitely no, going to watch I just, it. I, I can't promise I'm going to make a video about it, but the other reason I'm going to watch is not just Biden talking. Did you know that Rashida Tlaib is giving a response to it? Like a, a, a an intra is inter or intra party response. Yeah. From the progressives or the squad. That's going to be Democrats. worth watching. Yeah, I definitely have to see that. Esoteric Unbound. If the point of Jackson's nomination is to better represent American diversity as the embodiment of black womanhood, shouldn't her children have been born out of wedlock? Ayo. Wow. That is, that's, that's a lot of hate. In, right that's there. a lot of hate in that heart. Yeah. Tomfoolery. Buffoonery. Son of the wolf. I live in Spanaway or Parkland. This is a uh, 1 million percent bull. The whole area is majority black. I'm a minority here. Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I have wrong uh, Intel statistics because I was looking it up and that's, that's what the news piece seemed to imply that it was like majority minority or majority black. And uh, that's not what the, the data I saw said, but uh, you live there. You would know. I don't. I'm just trying to yeah. find the facts. Knuckle hunky buck telling a black person to quit your basketball team would be like telling a Canadian to quit your hockey team. Not a great strategy. <laughs> Quantum yeah, football. Matt and I once went to Buffalo Wild Wings in Cleveland. Getting the meat off the chicken bones wasn't the only meat or boning we dealt with that night. God. Ugh. It's the most uh, goddamn faggy thing most, you ever seen. It's so faggy. Uh, mostly peaceful. <laughs> Matt and I once went to Ukraine. We spent the evening blowing up all over each other and made plenty of videos, but Blonde still said we were faking. How do you tolerate this? Your wife watches this. Uh, yeah. Parents watch it. Uh, yeah. Well, there, there we go. I was wondering why the delay. Thank you. Two-way education. <laughs> I appreciate you both as always. Thanks for the show. Thank you, Thank man. You. Uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, I hope you got one of those free Ukrainian AKs off the streets. Yep. 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 Um, Cece says Putin hitting U.S. viral go uh, gain of funds biolabs in Ukraine gain of function what am i am i retarded uh where uh, putin u.s politicians mad gof biolabs uh um, mad do we have their cash cow yeah i don't know what sort of biolabs we might have in ukraine or not uh, mainstream but... media spinning accordingly no more brother wars holodomor was last time for ukraine wooden doors really hmm. <laughs> uh breathing in fumes please stop the movie reviews now <laughs> just stop them entirely um thank Listen, you for... i I, I just am not one of those people that like loves every movie yeah. I see. Well, thank you for supporting the show. I appreciate it. Um, we I love you. You're very special. I don't think we're going to stop it outright, but of course, you know, it's my expectation or my, my design that it's sort of kind of tucked away and it's, it's not feature product. And so I would hope that you're able yeah. just to tune it out if, if, if it's not for you. Um, I don't know what rate, what rage, what would generate more rage improperly, 
reviewing a movie that people love or just stopping the movie review segment. See, this is the thing. People love to hate it. People would be so happy if we quit. They hate this segment. No, they'd be pissed at me if I stopped doing it. I would get so many rage emails. How dare you? Bring it back. I can't believe you. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, like, um, it's, it's enjoyable. I like doing it. It's obviously not the the intent with which i designed the show or the focal point but to the extent that people want to do it i'm happy to do it but if if it were to go away because people don't want it anymore um that really would not bother me drastically but yeah you know i I don't like to just make changes on whims either it's like if we're gonna do it we'll do it for the right reasons your uh, request is noted. Thank you. Denied. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck. <laughs> Matt, a man of your strength should have as many progeny as possible. Don't stop at three. Raise an army of little principled Christian sins if you can. <laughs> the world needs fewer cowards and more men like you. And that is the last one for well, me. Well, that's very kind of you. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate your comedic instincts also. And lucky for you, uh, you your perspective is shared by my wife. There will be pressure put on me to... Uh, to have more, but um, three is kind of my minimum and my and my target. So uh, three is the aim, and uh, if there are more, then you know that will be uh, that will be just delightful. It means even more responsibility and discipline for yours truly, <laughs> which I consider to be a gift. Um. Okay, so let me just catch up with Tippy Stream. We're good over on D Live. Thank you guys for watching over there, and we'll be out of here. Let's see. I left off on. Danny, so deer in the headlights says, "Blonde, you're right about the leer, uh, you're right to be leery of Tulsi, not just because she's a, a liberal woman, but because just like Trudeau, she's one of the Klaus Schwab's young global leader flunkies. Mm. Younggloballeaders.org. I didn't know she really? she had a connection too. I uh, am not going to be niggardly. Thank you for supporting the show, Redicus. Excuse me." Says, "Remember, Matt, don't call her by her name. Call her Justice Diversity Hire." Justice Black Lady, Justice Box Checker, or Justice Mammy? Mamie? What's that? It sounds racist to me. Uh, I assume. Uh, yeah, we could go with that since we're supposed to recognize her race and her sex first and foremost. What's wrong with that? Justice Jemima. Let's just do I that. Like it. We have to give Aunt Jemima her, her due as well. She's been unjustly deleted from society. She's been <laughs> put into the shadows for far too long. Justice Jemima it is. Quebec says the president of Ukraine uh, <laughs> you're trying to give me in trouble. The president of Ukraine is he says he's a diversity hire. He is a, oh, the illegitimate mm. president installed by a, by a coup. It was predictable. Once he really? encouraged NATO membership, he will be spinning. <laughs> this as Quebec spec is Quebec speculates. There are difficulties coming, but like, like uh, his friend, Phil, um, he foresees everybody getting along in, in the end. Thank you, Quebec. I just, I gotta, I gotta watch my P's and Q's for Susan, you know? Uh, thank you for supporting the show. Let me see, uh, if they're, if we're all set here. Yeah. Uh, we are all clear. Anything else that you have to say before we get out of here? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight as always and, and keeping us in touch with the facts on a particularly difficult weekend and evening to do that um it's always a pleasure to try to figure out what's true and what's false about the world with you guys so thank you for that and um if you're listening later on demand thank you kindly as well for tuning into the show if you'd like more to listen to 
We have the call-in show replays. We have uh, Blonde's interviews. We have a lot of material you may not find on our YouTube channels, extra stuff uh, over on the audio platform. So you can find those linked in the description as well as over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, you want to find anything show-related, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Try